There are a few words more important in the lexicon of club cricket than wheels. You could be talking about your fast twitch quick, who cranks it up when needed, leaving you feeling safe in the ring, protected by your on-field king. You could be talking about footwear. They say the eye is the window to the soul. In club cricket, the wheel is your ticket to the circuit. If the circuit is your kingdom, then your wheels are your king. Or you could be talking about your transportation. You can hear them whispering, have you seen his wheels? Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the king of cricket wheels, the Pajero Sport. This bad boy has advanced four-wheel drive performance with Super Select 2 four-wheel drive system, letting you switch between two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive at up to 100 kilometres an hour, so you can handle any terrain with ease. That means away days just got that much better. But there's more. With 3.1 tonne braked towing capacity, it's the Car Expert 2023 Best Four-Wheel Drive Off-Road SUV. That's match-winning gear, guaranteeing you make your way up the grades. Pajero Sport. Take adventure to the next level. Boys. Yeah. Oh, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. <laughs> Get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what, what happens in third grade. <laughs> you either get nude, get in the shower, or we're throwing all your cook gear in, bro. No chance I'm going to bowl you. 19th century Pax Britannica. Australia sweep Pakistan 3-0 in the test, but it wasn't all smooth sailing for the baggy greens, thanks to Pakistan's plucky courage, exciting finds, and Qantas's baggage handlers. Who replaces 26 test tonnes at the top of the innings for the Aussies? Are you ready for the outrage when the thing that you want to happen doesn't happen? Hashtag thank God it's all over, says one great, but it hasn't but hasn't it only just begun? Green. Bancroft, Harris, Renshaw, Smith, Chappelle Corby. We investigate all possibilities and then annoy you deliberately because we are owned by the government and they tell us what to say. Join the Navy. Speaking of, confi- of conspiracy theories, South Africa lose to India in the shortest test match of all time. Rohit says people need to shut their mouths when coming to India. And Sonny G fires up the populace by stoking some colonial flames ahead of the England test series. No one's happy. Everyone's annoyed. Nothing is good. 20-year-old Phoebe Litchfield, though, has had a storming series in India as Australia claimed the ODI Series 3 zip and Elise Perry gets a message from the greats to celebrate her 300th. That's before we get into more pitch chat in the BBL as we head into the business end of the school holidays. So chuck a bucket on your bonds, mentally prepare yourself for the first week back at work and start remembering what day it is because 2024 looks like more of the same. Sam Perry, welcome. Mate, thank you. Um... 9th of January, here we are back on the tools. Yeah. Uh, in in the studio, I don't know about you, I've been um, responding to every single ad saying we are looking for eight men looking to complete our 28-day summer kickstart challenge. Right. <laughs> yes. Signed up to about 45 programs. Right, right, uh, right. Don't know how I'm going to keep it all going, but uh, yeah, no, it's been a hell of a week leading up to this week for us, uh, mm. live shows, a uh, couple it. of different states. We did it. I don't. I mean, I don't know if you want to get into that, but just a incredible thanks to everybody who came along. Yeah. Um, very special. Very memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well. Um. Well, we had uh, Simon Kadich 
in Sydney. We had Michael Kasperitz in Brisbane, and then we had Tom Moody in Perth uh, over there in Frio. Memories? Uh, um, Favourite memories? Oh, I mean, like the doing the Airmore, selling out the Airmore, 1,600 people there for that was just awesome, and the crowd was just electric. The crowd was great everywhere, but Sydney's obviously homecoming for us. Mm. And uh, second of Jan, night before the test match, and look, you know, we asked the questions. We uh, we we asked Simon Cadditch to play American Pie. He was Don McLean, and he fucking yeah. came out swinging, and it, it was awesome. Yeah, like, and even in the thoughts ahead of having Cato on stage, it was like, you know, don't blow your load in foreplay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, let's yeah, build yeah. it up. Hey, half an hour on stage here, Cat. You know, like let's build it up, build it up. But nah. one of the privileges <laughs> of this gig is. Uh, <sighs> You get to see mm. most of the time when the guests come to the show, they think it's like a two hundred person corpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a sportsman's and, and lunch. It's a sporties. Who was the know? fastest bowler we ever exactly. faced? Exactly. What was the worst sledge? Mm. What's the What's the best warning story? Actually, yeah. that does come up. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you actually have the privilege of seeing them go into performance mode. Yeah, and most of them, in fact, all of them, like uh, just totally step up to it. And yeah, may have been a comment in the little introduction for Kadich. Uh, and he just stormed on stage, <laughs> chest out, didn't even get a chance to ask a question. He just launched in, and I was frantically like oh. scrolling my computer, going, okay, yeah. let, let's get into it. Let, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's just go. You saw that, uh, that Croatian blood come into play, which yeah. he's, he's fond of talking about. Um, Sydney was great. Like, we even had a... We even had Dicko, um, yeah, otherwise known right. as the eye poke story guy, yeah. come on stage uh, spontaneously. Yes. As in join us on stage. Yes. Yeah, uh, and then and then took uh, took a curtain call. Uh, he be bowed to the crowd, which was which was good, yeah. which is good of him. Um, he wanted to come over for an interview and just actually flat denied it and said, "Don't want to ruin it." You know, it's like yeah, yeah. it's like watching a movie of your favorite book. It's like just Dicko. You just even just knowing he's called Dicko for me, I was like, no, 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 just. Just eye poke story. I just want my own good. imagination. I don't, just want to leave it. Don't very much sully it with Don't your make words. your heroes kind of gear, you know? I guess so. Casper, mm-hmm. mm. uh, fantastic. Nice to see so many people in Brisbane as well at the Princess Theatre there. Uh, he was fan- We never met Casper before. He's yeah. never been on the show. Impressive man. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Mm. Uh, that was great. And then, of course, the big man Tom Moody in Perth mm. over there. I mean, that was that was awesome. Uh, so that's uh, that's the Australian tour wrapped up for the summer. Um, Brisbane, um, Brisbane had a bloke in full kit come on stage. That's right. He was living, sitting in the front row with yes. uh, pads and gloves on and yes. they were like the coloured pads as well like they had the, they had the black uh, is that right the black um, mm, or am I just, no, just I adding had, that no he was wearing Brisbane Heat kit Brisbane Heat floppy. Kit. I think he was wearing white pads oh though. okay I think it was white he's actually written in the Ask TJC for today he has which we'll yeah, get yeah, to yeah. at the end I've got a photo of it on my phone Andy, Andy sent it to us he's got the video as well okay yeah. uh, Frio I don't know. I just remember a lot of cheers for Cameron Bancroft, the Scorchies, and Twiggy Forest. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were great. They were, the crowds are incredible. They threw every ticket sold. Uh, you know, you don't want to, um, you, you know, you want to revel in the moment. It was really special. Uh, India's out here next year. Mm. Uh, live shows could be anything. Mm. Could be anything. Now we've had, like, you know, just one of the great, uh, probably our best ever tour, like all the people that mm. came and supported and laughed in the right times for the most part. Uh, <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, that was good. But what about more? Yeah. More? <laughs> did someone comment, like, did you come to India and do a real tour? Yeah. Like, Bitch, just did that in February. <laughs> where, where were you? You can't please everyone. 
Uh, support for TJC comes from our patrons at patreon.com forward slash great cricketer where you, you get an extra hour every week of hashtag ask TJC Fridays if that's what you want. Uh, you might have heard our pitch on uh, on day yeah. five, I think uh, day four it was for the SCG test match. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, also the uh, Patreon feed can now be found on Spotify. It's TJC Patron if you search that and you can sign up that way if that's an easy way for you to do it, uh, if that's how you listen to this show. And if you don't, then fucking don't worry about it. What are you doing? Yeah. No, all good. I mean, I don't know if our pitches are the same, having spoken about it a bit more. For me, it's like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Mm. If you'd like to join up, if you want to be part of, you know, like a great discourse on cricket, mm-hmm. get involved in the chats, see some of the, uh, frankly, libelous stuff being said, Yeah. Um, then then join, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Australia v Pakistan, the third test at the SCG. We farewelled one of the greats, David Warner, uh, who overall had a great series. Well, not a great series. He had a, he had a good series. Uh, lost a couple of baggy greens on the way and then retired to sail off into the sunset or get a helicopter for the uh, Big Bash game mm. which he's trying to play for his uh, brother's wedding. Uh, more on that later. But uh, that is the story of the of the series as a whole. Cummins is the man of the series, is the player of the series. Um, Pakistan were impressive uh, in parts, also a little bit shit with their batting, I suppose, unders. Um, so uh, overall, though, I've enjoyed all three test matches, like more than what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be carnage, which is what the next two are definitely going to be against the West Indies with respect, disrespecting them at the same time. But I've said with respect, so therefore it gives me a leeway. Oh, yeah. There. Totally covered. Yeah. Said with love. Yeah. They're going to be dog shit. Yeah. Um, with respect. With respect, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, yeah. Well, Good you know, bloke, but. <laughs> uh, Warner's... Um, Farewelling is is the story. Uh, what, do you, what do you want to pick it up with David? He scored 100. He gets a 50 in the last inning. So uh, Mitch Marsh actually le- leads the run scoring charts for Australia and the series as a whole. Um, uh, but, uh, oh, but, yeah. Let's start with the series, series first before the Warner stuff. Because okay. Warner, Warner's going to feed into the opening the stuff thing, and yeah. all of that, which is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah like a very entertaining series. We're, en- we're entertained. I was um, entertained, yeah. And, like, I like how the crowd and the commentary have been so, like – We've been so benevolent in our praise for Pakistan. You know, weren't they good? Mm. And aren't we grateful mm. that they gave us a game? Thanks you for know? coming. Shan Masood, as you, as you wrote on Twitter, hell of a Diet Coke. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful team yeah. and people. Yeah. Like, if India got dusted 3-0 here like that, mm. like, well, firstly, there'd be two tests to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of shows how inured we are to the, like, two-speed economy of cricket. I think, where, like, if India and England succumbed the way Pakistan did, not taking their chances, it finishes three-zip, mm. uh, oh. it'd be hilarious. Oh, we'd be giving and it And we'd to be them. fucking giving it yeah. to them. Give it to but, those blokes! But it, there's a certain sadness to the fact that one of the upsides to the summer is us saying, like, thank you for making it look like a cricket game <laughs> if, you're, yeah. if you're not England or India. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Even England do, do do it like the other blokes. But, like... Yeah. Uh, I just I think there's a certain sadness to that. I totally agree mm. um, that uh, Pakistan did well with what they had and the the factors at play. Mm-hmm. But just think it's worth noting. I mean, it's still lost three uh, nil, and the 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 gap is sad, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then you know, in the in the um, in the same breath, where even though Australia wins three nil, we get the monocle on and, and we say hmm, only only one ton for Australia this series. <laughs> You know, is there a problem with the batting? 
mm. ignoring the fact that Australia had top five run scorers in the uh, in the series. Still yeah. not happy. Yeah. Like it wasn't wasn't bulk enough. Yeah. Um, wasn't an, you know we we want carnage and a good game at the same time which yes. both can't exist. Yeah. Um, but I did think it was more of a bowler cash in summer. So mm. Cummins getting a reward for his like endless, ceaseless, relentlessness as a bowler, like some you know just cricket mother cricket gods and all that spiritual shit rewarding him. Mm-hmm. Um, Hoff breaking that game open at the SCG. Yep. Somehow we expected something would happen to help Australia win, but that was really needed. Uh, and also Hoff looking hot. Yep. Um, just yep. want just to stick with that for a little while. I don't, okay. I don't mean on this show. Just keep an eye on... Just the hotness. Well, it's not. Everybody knows in life, it's not easy to sort of. Out, everyone's out, you know, got a ranking out of ten, like like doing a yeah. sort of something out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I've gone up one or two. Yeah. Just he's, he's he's shredded up a little bit. The hair's fast. Mm. I don't know if something's changed in his life or something, but mm. he's like a lot of people are writing in, sort of saying that he's starting to smolder a little bit. Yeah. Well, when Pat Cummins started to post pictures on Instagram of him holding a baby, it was like, oh, okay, I'm gay now. Yeah, you know, and now and now Josh Hazelwood is is now about to be a father, hence why he's uh, Maybe that's picked it. up in the on the IPL. So there's something going on there. Is he filled into his face or something? I mean, the fade is fast, no question. Do you think he's making the most of the opportunity to get his rig in order before a child comes along? Because then you have a lot of stresses on your lower back. What with the picking up and I'm just dishes. saying, I'm just saying that if if Margot Robbie was in a film and I was playing a support role, and then people are like, hey. That girl that's not Margot Robbie is also hot. You're doing really well because Pat Common, Pat, Pat Cummins is Margot Robbie. Is what I'm saying. Yes. And so if you're if you're getting yourself in the framework here yeah. of this, like, well, hang on, are we changing the podium up here? Yeah. Something's going right for you. Yes. I'm not saying that. So I'm I'm not claiming for any second in case other people believe this is happening. I'm not saying the podium's changed. I mean, it's fucking daylight. <laughs> really? Yeah. But come, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's competing with Cummins on the world stage? Ben Folks. Yeah. There's a couple. I mean, there's some, some good-looking blokes there's knocking some around. Good looking blokes some roosters, okay? And I've probably forgotten some others, and I apologise. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not saying Australia's podium's changed. I'm just saying – I'm just noting Hoff. I just, just want to say, mate, Hoff, you're looking great. That's it. I feel like New Zealand used to be a hot team, and I just don't feel the same way anymore. I don't right. think. Top top of my head. There's a couple of roosters knocking about. Mm-hmm. Who would you call – yeah. Uh, Southie. Southie. Tim yeah, Southie. Southie. Is, yeah. It's a jaw. And, yeah. yeah. Um, Australia's now number one in the rankings, and they just – Cummins said, Cummins said something like, oh, are we? Okay. He's like, well, he goes, I guess if we're going to be something, it's good to be one. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, sorry, I just wanted to sort of uh, tie my own little stupid bow around the, the series. Well, I- to the Warner stuff. You know, I just think as a whole, we're talking about like the apocalypse is coming for, um, for test cricket. Mm. It's like, nah, it's, it's here. Like it, it's yeah. it's here. Apocalypse it's coming, yeah. Frog boiling. Is there a frog boiling frog at the box? moment? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Test cricket's going to be frog box again, yeah. like it was in the seventies. Yeah, just one fixed camera behind it. <laughs> behind uh, Test one cricket end. used to be frog box. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you know. Pakistan get three tests here, but you look at the South Africa India series, they only get two tests over there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, South Africa's squad for the New Zealand series is, um, you know, is is just based around the, the SA Twenty League. Uh, I mean, it's here right now. I mean, what we're about to witness in the next month of Test cricket being the Australia West Indies series, where they're bringing out their fourth string team. Oh yeah, and existential chat's going to be off the charts. Yeah, and so like that's like it's already here. It's here now. You know how come how come South Africa India, which should be a big series, only gets two tests, and yeah. that, that, that's what South Africa get now forever. Pakistan don't play a test match until um, August, I think it is. You know, it's. I mean, I think I think everyone knows 
but it's it just seems to be in our summer right now in this window it's like oh yeah th- things feel like they're changing but like but they but they already have gone mm. like i I think, you know, all these existential chats, generally speaking, I think it's really, really cute that, like, the rest of the world will be like, oh, maybe if we tweak things here and we can sort of pull some money and maybe we, maybe we make a, more of a concerted effort. No, it's just, well, to my mind anyway, it's really just like, when do you want it? That, that, that's all that matters. I think it's cute that, like, the rest of the world can be like, oh, yeah, maybe we can just do, do some things. Well, you just cannot compete with the income, the finances, the population um, of India. Like, I mean, and so that's, totally. that's, that's all that matters. It, it's all that matters is do India want international cricket and do they want test matches? That's really all that matters. There's a lot of, um, yeah, IMO. I, yeah, no, no. I, I think that's, that there's some huge macro themes around this question. And I think that's at the, that's, I also believe that is at its core. You get to it. Yeah. yeah like what does in, what does India want? I appreciate there's lots of conversation out there around, uh, how to fix this seemingly intractable or sliding question of uh, making test cricket as great as it can be. Mm. Uh, I personally find when I listen or read a lot of the discussion about it, it uh, my eyes glaze over a little bit because a lot of the answers, you know, they probably are wrapped up in, you know, economics, business, mm. um Business ethics. Business. The <laughs> ethics of uh, business. <laughs> See, the thing about ethics is <laughs> um, kind of like it's not like climate change, but like sometimes um, the communication isn't clear enough yeah. uh, around this stuff. And I, don't, I, I still think there's a lot of abstract, um, inaccessible language around the question, which suggests to me that there isn't a clear and obvious answer. I think at the moment the thrust seems to be let's have universal wages for players in test cricket. Let's socialise that money so that your match fees across all countries are the same, Mm -hmm. which would require the rich nations who have the money to give up their money for others in a um, revenue share model. Right. Now, to me, that's that's still – I don't think we're getting to the core issue of these – things but that's one thing that's been um that's been put forward for it uh but yeah i I think there's going to be like a lot of existential chat about um about the future of cricket i think that like for, for me the core issues are around like questions of custodianship and commercialism like yeah. like test cricket is not as commercially um advantageous as t20 cricket Mm. so somebody somewhere has to give up money Mm. to preserve something that has cultural heft and importance so how do you feed um notions of like custodianship and um historical preservation into these really wealthy businesses <laughs> yeah you know at some point someone has to sacrifice make so, less money yeah. because some people like the old stuff yeah you can make efforts to make economic arguments for test cricket in the sense that it provides um context and tradition uh to the stuff that makes money yeah maybe 
But ultimately, it's about people who make these decisions saying, we need to sacrifice to keep this thing, to keep a the tapestry of history going. Uh, and a lot of the people who make these decisions, I'm not sure how much they care about it. Like, is a fuck, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the South African coach uh, said that Test cricket cannot exist without the SA20 in their country. Yeah. So, like, how does it get to a point in two years' time where, like, Australia maybe go to South Africa and they play a five-test series? How, like, how – like, yeah. it, it's already gone. Does it get reversed? It's like, it's it, – right, exactly, people, yeah. People, like, y- you know, and then you get in – yeah, see, that's what you, and you get into the weeds and they go, well, the ICC has to mandate this. The ICC is not in their mandate, the no. ICC. It's, uh, it, it puts on events, mm. the ICC. It's, mm. it's a member organisation. Mm. Like, like the, the way international cricket works is members sort it out. Mm. The rich countries have to give money. Mm. It's Robin Hood shit. Yeah. Uh, the ICC is an events Australia's company. Australia's part of it. They're party planners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't go to your mm-hmm. wedding planner. And no. say, like, look, how are we going to distribute the money uh, across yeah. families? Yeah. You know? How, what are we going to do with our will? It's a beautiful wedding. Who, who did, uh, the ICC did this wedding. <laughs> uh, all right. I didn't mean to get into such heavy exercise no, straight away. But, um, but you know, when, when, we're talk, when we're talking about the Australian summer and, and test cricket is still the central – it is the centrepiece of our summer. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's so hard to have a conversation about any performance across anything without addressing the, the – it's sort of an elephant in the room – um, without addressing this central point of like this thing's over, um, except for next two summers in Australia, which is going to be good because yeah. India and the Ashes, so like mm. all good. Like, Head in sand, yeah. good series, no dramas. Footy either side of it, footy bookending it, no whatever problem. your code. Crack on, yep, and br- bring your head out of the sand a few years after that. I'm like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, why are we playing South Africa sixes? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Dave Warner okay. and uh, and just generally speaking about uh, the West Indies squad announcement is tomorrow. It was originally going to be done, done today, which is why we didn't release the podcast until um, today because we thought it was going to be announced by now. But something pushed back until tomorrow, and so the big question is who replaces Dave Warner? Now, I think Pez, this is a good opportunity to just. Um, to acknowledge like a, a an underrepresented um, uh, community in the in the general sphere of cricket, which is just like the greats, like the greats, greats of, the of the game, like the fucking like the yeah. best players, especially in our lifetime. We don't like, listen we to so, enough. We were so gifted with mm. what they gave us as children, like yeah. ju- like the performances, the aggression on the field, like oh, just yeah. winning at all costs. Yeah. And I just feel like we need to uh, acknowledge their thoughts now about current issues because they are, you know, representative of a, a large sector in the community. Yeah. And so that's why yeah. it's time to introduce this. That's right, Pezra. It's time for checking in with the greats. <laughs> hey, shout out if you can do a show. <laughs> Now, Damien Martin tweeted, hashtag, thank God it's all over. Uh, and when in, It's been reported in some uh, markets that that was a cryptic tweet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he was – he's had deleted the tweet, to be fair, um, as well, is well, his what, what, are, what are you suggesting it was, he was re- I f- referring to? I think to. it might have been, given that it was the exact moment that David Warner had retired, that it was about David Warner. Okay. Thank God it's all over. Mm. Fuck him off. He I've had meant- enough of that bullshit now, man. He might have meant the Bitcoin boom. Hey, could have done. Could have done. Just, just to be fair to Marto, I don't think he might still be riding it. Could be talking about bulls, yeah, bull, bull markets, that kind oh, of yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dave Warner, yeah. formerly known yeah. as the bull. Okay, okay. Could have been. Yeah. It could have been. I'm but just, let's just say it's speculating. Warner. Let's just say, because it fits into my narrative for this joke, that it's talking about that. So he's saying, thank God it's all over. Now, many people would agree with Marto in that regard. Um, but it mm. is time to move on. 
Now, the conversation seems to be, as we go to uh, record this morning, uh, that it's really down to Smith opening or Cameron Bancroft to open the batting. And it seems to me like Renshaw and Harris have fallen into the uh, other podium positions. Right. So, now you have to pick one, Pezza, and just keep in mind, you're going to really upset some people with your opinion of what they think, what you think they should do. Okay? So which one do you want and why? And why do you hate the other guys? Do you want it straight or like do you want to run up? Yeah, run up. <clears throat> well, with Warner, mm. just to let, let, let's look at history. There seem to be a lot of people online, at least, like trenchantly determined to ensure their negative feelings about him were heard until the very end. Mm. You know? Like... I don't think there was there was really any efforts to like whitewash or sports wash his image or character or reputation. I thought there was a lot of fanfare. But like I just think when you finish a fifteen year test and ODI career, second most runs all formats, World Cups, Ashes, World Test Championships for days. Like, it's gracious to nod and say, good player, made a massive contribution. You could do the same with Michael Clark a few years ago, just mm-hmm. at the retirement. Mm. Good player. Mm. Great player. Well done. But, like, the people who are desperate to convey how much they loathed him. Yeah. You know, unable to exercise any kind of forgiveness or recognition, like essentially viewing him as the aggregation of the worst things he'd ever done in his life and nothing <laughs> else. Yeah. You know? They're just dripping with that, like, ugly um, kind of poisonous grandstanding sanctimony that we see here in Australia all the time. It's good, isn't it? Um, People who fail seem to fail to recognise that they, too, make mistakes, you know, in life. Um, Lost baggy green stuff was pretty how you're going. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird, wasn't it? Well... I I noted that that Pete Lawler on on, on Seven, like, he... uh, I love when he comes on Channel 7, by the way. He always winds it up. He always winds the players up, like the, the commentators up. It's great. Mm-hmm. He's very good at it. Um, <laughs> um, but he said like a stealth PR stunt had been like unequivocally ruled out. Okay. I don't know how you do that, like how you actually unequivocally rule it out. Like if, like what, what is someone going to put their hands up and go, ah, you're right, you got me. PR stunt. It will be ruled out if you just tell us where you found it. You've got to tell us where you found it. Well, apparently, apparently it was in another pile of bags that were part of the team kit. Seems like a, before you get on, yeah. on your la- phone. or, or That like, feels like a last resort. Before you start looking up like blind spots in Qantas security cameras, <laughs> you might look at the other bags, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. But let's say it was a PR stunt. Okay. It must have come from the idea of like, how do we show people mm. that David Warner really cares about his baggy green? <laughs> right, like, right, right. Well, let's have him lose it and get upset yeah. that he's lost it. Then we find it and everybody's happy. Couple in some gifts for kids involved there. There was gifts for kids, yeah. yeah. Um, On January 2nd? It was, it was, oh yeah, like there's a... There's a pub test and a sniff test and a whiff test yeah. to it all. A sniff test about a bag. Yeah, e- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And who among us? Uh, 
So, and then, you know, I don't, well, just, just to finish off the Warner thing, and then the next thing for him will be his book, you know. Right, when's, right, the right. Book, when's the book out? Yeah, yeah. Who's going to get? He's going to cop it. Mm. I'll be buying the shit out of it. Yeah. It, 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 like, it's, um, I, I felt, like, uncomfortable with, like, how easily and quickly people were like, this is bullshit. It's like, oh, like, yeah. how, many, how many people is he upset that, like, this oh. is, the, this is the, the first thing that happens is, like, is this real? Like, that's, that's, yeah. that's, um, I mean, once again, Making of bed, lying in said bed, yeah. you know, with with behaviours and attitudes, etc. But still, it's like, oh, this is this is it's like it's not unfortunate. It's like kind of ugly, but like, but yeah. then at the same time, it's like this doesn't what really add doing? up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, pon- ponting in the box was like, I just think he's just going. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how he could lose it. Like, kind of losing yeah. it himself. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I, uh, you know. Just as an adult, you can go like, "Oh, that's funny." Yeah. I don't know what this. Is. I don't know yeah. what's going on. It's kind of funny. I need yeah. to get on with my life. And it's also like not really much I can do. Yeah, like unless it's in the boot of my car, yeah. I'm pretty much out. This is we're talking about, like you know, like wanna, um, you know, like we're talking about millionaires here who 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 are doing stuff. Yeah, uh, like millionaires doing stuff. Millionaires doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, you don't know the mindset of, of, of these things, and who cares? Um, I suppose you know it's 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 all about trying to um um pass. What's he like as a bloke? Which yeah, is the yeah, most yeah. important question in Australian that's, cricket. That's the whole theme of the summer. S- exactly. Um, theme of the century. That's true. Really. Um, in Australia. So uh, I think his book will, like, my guess is that, like, he'll hammer CA in his book, and, like, less so the players. I think that is probably how he'll do it. Um, I'd be surprised if much of it's even written at the moment. Um, but, yes, onto the onto the, like, the opener question. Mm-hmm. I think um, – I think the first thing, first thing that like um, muddles all this up is that like Australian cricket, time immemorial, has operated off the next cab system. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. Y- y- you know, like um, next cab paradigm. Every Shield player is a cab driver. Right. Right. Got it. Pulling into the Test cricket rank. Mm-hmm. Is that how? Is that now? I want to ask. Is that how the next cab works? Like. Who, Who's the cab in the next cab scenario? Are you a cab driver? Like, if you want to be next cab off the rank, yeah, you're in the rank, right? As a, as no, a cabbie, I think what it or is. Or are you waiting for a cab? No, I think okay. Imagine you're at an airport because that's really the that's really the um that's really lords of cabs. Okay, okay, it's the home of cabs. Yeah, an airport, a cab pulling into rank. Yeah, and so when you go to the front of the line at the airport to get a cab, to th- get a cab, a guy will go. You stand at number four now, uh-huh. and it goes because you see the, the signpost and the also um, makes sense parking. Uh, sorry, yeah. the, the paint on the floor it says one, two, three, yeah. four, to, down to like Got thirty. It. Yeah, and so if you're standing at number one, yeah. you are the next cab. Cab off the rank, off the rank. Yes. Now that's always been my understanding. Yeah, no, that makes sense because you're a passenger. Like the idea that yeah. you're automatically having to think of yourself as a cab driver. Yeah. You know, and you're like, I'm the, I've, I've got the next passenger to pick up. I mean, yeah. it depends, you know, your whole yeah. mindset. But right, okay, in your in your um, correct mm. analogy or Fantasy. interpretation, yeah. Um, in the next in the next cab paradigm, next that, cab we've, paradigm. that we've lived off, right? Um, the idea with that is that, like the, um, you know, the, the system is so perfect with Sheffield Shield yes. and the, the beautiful Australian cricket pyramid, right? It's a pyramid. twenty years ago. Yep. Uh, that like, if you um, have waited your time at the rank, uh, yeah. you know, you're number six or something, yeah. and that their shield runs that you yeah, scored. That's right. Yeah. You will you will get into the cab. Yes. And that is like a lot of people actually live, you know, that, that, that's a very important precept of their life as Australian, mm-hmm. as Australian citizenry. Mm-hmm. But what if you're waiting for that cab and up drives Marcus Harris? Yeah. 
And all of a sudden, a fucking Tiger Eurocopter, yeah. luxury helicopter comes along and starts yeah. sweeping away all the leaves and shit around you. Yeah. And, 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 he's, and he's like, no, I'm coming for you. And it's Steve Smith with a megaphone. Right. He's coming down with a helicopter saying, hey, mate, want to fucking, cro- you, you know, as the crow flies, want a quick lift home? It's, yeah. it's about 40 minutes. Yeah. Here, I can get you there in five. Right. And he's fucking starts like, fuck, sm- yeah. smudge. Yeah. I feel like that's what's happened. Yeah. And I'm probably, I'm getting in the helicopter. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. Mm. Uh, but I think a lot of people, they're very connected to the next cab philosophy, which actually is completely related to our existential questions earlier about cricket. Like one of the problems with the way cricket is changing is it's like totally disbanding all of our fucking thought processes about how Australian cricket works, runs at each level, then graduates you to the next Mm -hmm, one. mm -hmm. But there's different, um, Mm. there's different ways to get in now. And Mm. it's, I got to say, like I have a lot of, I got a lot of sympathy for, for Harris Renshaw and Bancroft just plugging away in the shield, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bancroft of 500 runs this yeah. season, a couple of thousand over the last few, you right, know, at the right. top. Marcus Harris, spare player wherever they go. Been in every squad. Been in every squad, you know. Renshaw's been knocking around since 19, first mm. slip, you know, mm. goes away, has his hard time, rebuilds himself, mm. mature man, probably ready to go, could 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 play 70-plus tests yeah. if it's still going, mm-hmm. you know, if they bring him in now. Mm. And all of a sudden the fucking Eurocopter comes in yeah. and goes like, oh, oh, man, I wouldn't mind. Oh, man, I'm happy to, I'm happy to open. And, that, and that's know, before, like, that's since Bradman stuff. And that's before, like, a DD comes along, you know? Mm. Has Academy mm. written on the side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's the DD in this situation? <laughs> Confusing myself now. So, uh, you know, yeah. I, I like, I think the question is, like, th- these selection issues are very, they begin with what question do you actually ask mm. for what the Australian team needs? Well, I think it's, I think either way, it's very obvious what needs to happen. Go on then. Just depending on what you want to happen. It's mm. just obvious. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's obvious for everyone, yeah. 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 Like, do you... Well, you have to pick. I mean, it's yeah, so yeah, obvious. Of course. And you've got to do it in a binary way. Yeah, <laughs> like... um, Yeah, like, do you, is the most important thing for the Australian team right now to future-proof, you know, to get Cam Green into the side? Yes. Because a 1,000 people are going to retire in the next couple of years, so let's give him as many tests as possible because he's going to play for longer. Yeah. You know, is it, to, is it important to validate Shield results? And I should say that would be the most recent Shield results, given Cam Green's done very well in Sheffield Shield. You could argue he's already graduated from that. You know, is it is it most important to min- minimise disruption right now for the side, in which case you'd probably just put a specialist opener in rather than knocking, like, you know, changing positions? Mm. My, um, so it seems to me, they're going to announce this tomorrow, that it will be green in the side. It seems to me, though, that, I don't know, this is just tea leaves gear, but um, that I don't know how sold, like, McDonald and Bailey are on Smith opening the batting. I'm, mm. not, sure, I'm not sure that's their preference. Cutting off nose, spiting face gear. Yeah, probably like minus three, Smith four kind of stuff. It's worked. Uh, it has yeah. worked. I, I like... Uh, like Marnus came in and like lobbied real hard for it as well. Um, yeah. So what did what did what did Marnus say? He said like uh, I've got it. I'm a selector. Get me out of here. I'm a selector. Get me, get me out of here. <laughs> he said he said something like, um, you know, well if you look at his average, the higher up the order he is, the better his average. I'm like, what the fuck we've we been doing then? <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Should have yeah. been opening all the time, but yeah, it's it, it's a it it it's very like. Like no, it's just amazing how no one saw this coming. Here's another factor: like Warner's return over the last couple of years has like he's just done enough, mm. and it just it feels like if 
either Renshaw, Harris, or Warner were like were so good they would have come into Bancroft, the side yeah, earlier. Yeah. So what yeah. did I say? You said Warner at the end. So Bancroft. I, I don't I don't know what the answer is, but I, I think it's I think it's most likely that they're going to open with Steve Smith and they're going to get Cameron Green in the side. I think that's the most likely. I don't know if that's the best. Mm. I don't know if that's what I would do. No I don't one know. Knows. But I think that is the most likely. I think that's so harsh on the guys that are like just plugging away and doing their thing. And then I think about like, what does Sheffield Shield mean anymore? They played in September. Um, there were some years in COVID where they are playing at Karen Rolton Oval, mm. uh, with respect, of course, to Karen Rolton. Uh, with respect. And the Oval itself, mm. uh, and the volunteers, mm. and the uh, sausage rolls. Oh, great in person. The no, no disrespect to the person. Well, there's absolutely no dis- disrespect. <laughs> and player. And then I think about, you know, like, what what's going to happen in these two test matches when they're facing whoever plays for the West Indies? I don't know. It's not my job to know. What happens if, like, they play Harris, who's, like, been next cab, and he's been in every series, even since, from like, from 2019, like, uh, in the Ashes in England there. He played, he came in for Kawaja, I think. Um, like, what happens if he plays and he gets, like, two 60s? And then it's like, and then they go to New Zealand for two test matches, and there's nothing, nothing really seems to count or matter until the next summer against India here, where it's going to be five tests, big series. India have always, have always been really competitive in Australia, of course, winning the last two series here um, before you get into the Ashes, which is the most important series for all Australians um, in Australia. Um, so, uh, like, and, like, what's what success? Like, how desperate are we to get Cameron Green into the side? How much pressure would be on Cameron Green if Steve Smith opens the batting, Steve Smith gets a, a 30, a 60, two 20s, and Cameron Green is batting at four. How much pressure is on, his, on Cam Green there to score basically 100? He would need to score 100 mm. in one of the two test matches. Mm. Otherwise, it ain't working. And then they've wasted two test matches on the West Indies uh, mm. project. It's kind of – and then it's like, well, you've got to pick your best players. Mm. Well – if Cameron Green was playing in the Sheffield Shield, he would be the best player. Mm. He would be the best player in the Sheffield Shield. Now, maybe that's a different question to like a specialist opening batter. Mm. It's, it's, uh, I don't know, uh, as I said, it's yeah. very obvious what needs to happen. It's very obvious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think a big one or an interesting one would be what McDonald and Bailey feel the side needs like as oh sorry what's important to them in terms of the side so like in footy you know you have your premiership windows and you have your rebuilding and stuff like that like if you know to me um and this is worth nothing it feels like they uh have come out they've just finished a cycle you know that with the world test championship and mm. the world cup like something something ended there you know and some of the guys are going to keep playing to um you know, to enjoy it, but they've, they're they number one test team in the world. They won the World Cup. They did well in the Ashes. You know, a lot of the guys aren't going to make the away tours next time around. And, like, mm. is it um, is it time to replenish for those tours? Like, we know that there there's a there's diminishing number of test series that matter. And, I th- like, for me to be more a matter of getting the team right to compete as highly as they can in those series rather than, like, of course every test match matters, but... What, how do you start structuring the side to ensure that there is some kind of continuity in its transition when the older guys start dropping off? And mm. I don't just mean the batters like Smith and Kawaja. When the bowlers drop off too, that's going to put pressure back on the batters as well. Mm. You know, going to have fewer runs to play with um, or, so, you know, more, more runs to score, I suppose. So I, I'm minded to... Um, get green in now if he's firmly part of those plans which it's surely indisputable uh yeah so well, that, that would be the way i say and i also 
just the novelty of Smith opening the batting and the trappings. I'm something. just, I'm just it's, hey, it's something, something new. It's also something, but with him, like, it, does he need? If he new, wants. Does it. he need a new challenge to enjoy cricket again yeah, or something? Like, so weird. I'm also thinking about like because there's just been these rumors about him retiring for two years now, yeah. and there's, he's he's not denied them in any capacity. Yeah. He's also said like, yeah, I've been thinking about it. It's just sort of just being meandering along this, this these yeah. rumors that sort of don't have any source, but just around. It's, and then yeah. I think about like, sorry, just to finish the thought. No, no, then I think about like, well, what happens at the end of Steve Smith Test career? He's not being picked up by IPL France. He doesn't play much T20 cricket at all. Does he want to replace Warner opening the batting in ODIs maybe to then mm. open the batting in T20 cricket to then elongate his mm. um, cricket career in T20s because um, because him opening the batting has been probably his most successful position. Mm. Well, is, is, is that a factor? It's, it's all awesome because, you know, the, the thread of the show is like how we used to think about cricket and the, the ways we think about it versus yeah. like how it actually happens at the top level for a lot of guys. Right. Now, like Smith is in the echelon of like – the best since Bradman, general like um guys. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. guys who've always who've been touted as that are people like Ponting, Chappell. um, Greg Chapel, mm. Steve Smith, and it's like in Australia once you bat three, four at a pinch, yeah, like that's the uppermost attainment in terms of like status and class you can have. So the idea God tier. it's like, can you imagine Ricky Ponting saying, "Need to freshen the mind, gonna yeah. go open the batting, gonna go yeah. face a new pill." Like it's kind of like it's there's something slightly unbecoming about it, you know. It's like no, it's, that's that, that's like reserved for people who want to, you know. Like yeah. that, that's that's sort of the the person who wants a spot in the side but yeah. can't quite get the the creme de la creme spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like what? Do, but Smith has never, you know, he's always been outside of the box. I wonder, uh, trying to think more sensibly about it, whether you know since. 2019 and the following summer when, you know, Wags came out and just started bumping him and putting like mm-hmm. three guys uh, on the leg side or they do it on the offside as the Pakistan team does. Like teams have figured out how to slow his scoring so much when he comes in that if you open the batting, teams are um, bound to attack with their fields a lot more, two slips, three slips, four slips, um, and and pitch the ball up at the stumps when, where Smith is unable to be impregnated. Right. Uh, um, Although, you know, he's missing a couple that are close to him these days. Mm. But, like, I just wonder whether, you know, he feels like that will help him um, score runs and not be tied down, you know. Because how many times have we seen it? We get we keep getting told he's the best problem solver in the game and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to um, deny it. These numbers mm. are unbelievable. Mm. Uh, but h- how often do we see him, like, um, you know, at the mercy of a trap when other teams are bowling as opposed to every other player like it's as though when he comes into bat and we're looking you know um we're maybe 20 overs away from the new ball or something like that that they just they load up one side of the field bowl there and he he's so automated as a player he can't really get out of it and he Mm. gets bogged down Mm. uh i just wonder whether that might be part of his thinking as well you know playing with more conventional fields Mm. uh it certainly is like it's amazing to hear this idea that him open like that's been extended by him. I think Marnus, Watto, and, you know, and it was Watto and Glenn McGrath, you know, the Sutherland Mafia, you know, yeah. where Smith plays club cricket as well, who were the first to mention this. But like the idea that he, it might extend his career by three years. What like how does a change shift in the order? Like <laughs> just give you three more years, and what yeah. does it also say about where his mind is at the moment? Yeah, you know, casting back to what you were saying before, like. He's put him, he puts himself under a great deal of pressure, which is kind of cool by saying, I'm going to open the batting now. Easy to get a good one opening the batting. If, if it doesn't work, you should never select on whether something will work or not, but like, oh, it won't work. But like, 
if it doesn't work, is he the first one to drop off? Like, does he move back to four? Probably not. So maybe he's saying, like, look, I'm pretty spent as it is. I'll give this a crack and see. I'm, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. And I quite like the trappings and the, like, how novel it is, really. Just, yeah. You know, just, I mean, like, just names at a different position in a list. Yeah, that's the way my brain works. Right. I like as well that Nathan Lyon uh, was quoted after the SCG <laughs> test match saying, saying now, I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but he could go down as one of the greatest players of all time. Kevin Green. Yeah, Kevin yeah, Green, yeah, Kevin yeah, Green yeah, sorry, yeah. Kevin Green. And so, um, you know, I, I think about like, yeah, you, I think you asked a good question about what is this team going to achieve in the next couple of years? Well, so me as a but fan- What are you building it for? Yeah, what are you building it for? Now, I think in the next cycle, if I can call the World Test Championship cycle, and, yeah. and maybe at a stretch, another away Ashes yeah. series- the bowling attack's going to stay the same, just yeah, about. Yeah. And it's the best bowling attack in the world. Yeah. Other guys have good bowlers. Yeah. I'm aware of that. I just think that it's the best. It's And so they've got like the, a great bowling attack. A great bowling attack is going to win you a lot of things. Now, like the next World Test Championship uh, final, I don't care about it, except until when the game starts. I need Australia to be playing that game. Mm. I need Australia to win that. I... Every I just think time. it's so hard to win in India, given they've got Ashwin and Jadeja. Like Australia gave it a go and they fell short uh, with some batting collapses in Delhi, especially in that second test match to lose 2-1. So like, uh, that, that to me almost feels like unattainable winning in India at the moment for as long as Ashwin and Jadeja are playing. Um, but like winning in England, fuck, they've, they've gone so close the last two times. They probably, they, they should have won it in 2019. They, they really should have done. Um, and they were two up in this series. Look, I think I think ultimately two two is a pretty pretty fair result. They got lucky. Um, so they were all, they were so close again in, in doing that. So like what what I want in my life is to see Australia win in England. That's the thing that I care yeah. about the most. And people really need to stand up and listen to what I have to say. Of course. So I so I mean, my point being is like, what are you building for? What what do you want? What would the populace want? I mean, Australia win here. It, 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 the the home ashes is yeah. It hasn't been great since England won here, actually, in 2010-11. Um, so I almost take that as red, okay, which is arrogant. That's my that's my want as an Australian cricket fan. Correct. So You've earned it. So what is the best case scenario for the team to win an away Ashes or win the next World right. World Championship? It's probably Cameron Green. It's probably Cameron Green. And to Nathan Lyon's point, don't, put, don't want to put too much pressure on him, but it's because he could be one of the greatest players of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> By the next Ashes series, which is in four years' time, yeah, um, well, neither, neither Smith nor Kawaja will probably be there. And if they are, Smith maybe. Well, it means Smith? it means his career has been extended by three yeah, years yeah. or whatever. Hell, it's been thirty-four. Yeah, yeah. So, so thirty-seven, you're thirty-eight. Some eyes being painted on there. Yeah, yeah, and look, it could look pretty ugly by the end. <laughs> maybe, as we as we always say, I do like. Yeah, Kawaja's not there. Yeah, selection chat's great. You know, it's like it's like people are like oh, too much fanfare for Warner. Like part of the fanfare for Warner was there's not a whole lot else to talk about. Yeah, I said so TV TV is, is pumping it up, and it's um it's the same with the selection stuff. It's been a little while. It's been such a settled side mm. for so long mm. that. Uh, now everyone's getting pumped up. Like I, like I saw the Daily Telegraph tweet today, quote, selectors have failed Australian cricket's future if they can't find a spot for Cameron Green, oh, post David Warner. Uh, it was a Crash Craddock article, very good. Um, uh, he, he doesn't do that blurb, but um, stuff like that. Selectors have failed Australian cricket's future. It's just a player. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, and he's pretty you know, good. Like punters like, yeah, I mean, you know, like the, the other side of it is like, meh. They'll all probably do pretty well, yeah. you know. They're all ready. And, like, this is another just adult, um, grown-up 
thing to comprehend, which is like when teams are good, as Australia is, there are often other players who can't get in and that mm. buttresses how good they are. Nisa. Nisa's uh, another one. Yeah, like it's just, it's just what happens. Like mm. I remember like England was having a conniption uh, last year when folks couldn't get into the or, right. yeah, when folks couldn't get yeah. into the Ashes side after doing really well. They'd won sixteen tests in a row, whatever the fuck they'd done, they'd, they'd, yeah. they'd done something good. Um and it was like, you know, people having a conniption because they this is just what happens when teams are good. People miss out, you yeah. know. I know Punter's been saying like, "Can Green should just wait his turn?" Bat six. It's it's, it's a reasonable view, yeah. you know. So oh, like I can totally say that as well, you know. Yeah, you know, right. and just and just get just get. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know who. They, it will be interesting to see who they pick as a spare bat. Um, uh, yeah, that will just indicate who's you know got favour. I, I can totally live my life like that as well, that way as well. Is that Cam Green's performances haven't been um, haven't been so good that his demands have come straight back into the team? Yeah. Because Mitch Marsh's performance since he's come back into the team have yeah. been the performances that the Australian selectors wanted Cam Green to have, yeah. but he hasn't had them. Mitch yeah. Marsh has had him. So it's almost like, like it's hard to be an all rounder batting six in Australia. Some, I don't know. Some people might say that. So in many regards, you know, like many other players who have been left out of the side, they lost their chance. Tough titties, mm. you know, and that's what that's what George Bailey would be saying to them if he wasn't yeah. so close to the players. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, so, you know, I can see that. And I can see, I can also see if Cam Bancroft walks out to bat in that test match at the Adelaide Oval against the West Indies and be like, I hope he goes well. Good luck to him. Marcus Harris, the same thing. But if they don't pick pa- Cam Bancroft, is that a WA conspiracy? And does it suggest that the bowlers, you know, have a problem with him post his Donald McRae interview in 2021 where he suggested it was self-explanatory that they knew what was going on with Sandpaper? You know, yeah, depends who you ask. Well, I think... Every test match since then, the bowlers have got a cutout of that in the newspaper and they've yeah. stuck it up onto the changing yeah. room walls. I mean, I'm very for the WA conspiracy. Yeah. I think if he's, if he's not picked, it's, it's, it's a disgrace. Yeah. And I'd love to be a fly on the wall listening to the selectors talk about the fact that they just want to penalise people from WA. Well, you know, you know where Marcus Harris is originally from. Yep. Yep. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something to think about. Mate, it's definitely something to think about. <laughs> Bancroft said, I owe it to my country. See, that that stirs the loins, doesn't it? Yeah. That's like a fuck. Oh, he's back in a, for a, me A now. patriot. No, fuck what I just said. I think Cam Green, we spoke about this he yesterday. He said, I want it very bad, and then he said the words exclamation mark. Wow. Oh, yeah. Now, I think Cam Green, if he had, a, if Cam Green had a rebrand, okay? If Cam Green- Yeah, okay, okay, now we're talking. Okay, if Cam Green turns up to the Adelaide Test match and he's got a tattoo- Yep. I'm thinking, what the f- who the fuck is this bad boy? Exactly. Uh, and it's got to be a neck tattoo as well. Cameron Green with a neck tattoo with like some flames, maybe a snake coming fuck out yeah. of the flames. I'm thinking, yeah. holy shit, yeah. this is a game changer. He need, Yeah. He needs a Sandy from Greece fucking rebrand. Completely he just right. Just starts chucking the leather on and- uh, Completely right. And, and, and causing a stir in the yeah. playground. Now, if he was walking <laughs> out to bat in Doc <laughs> Martens in a studded collar back grip yeah. with a leather back grip. Well, this is what people- Arseless want, chaps. Mate. It's what people want from Cam Green. Like, there's, chaps. There's, so, <laughs> there's so much, um, there's just so much potential there. You know, as you said, Nathan Lyons, I don't want to put pressure on him. He's <laughs> yeah. going to be one of the greatest yeah. ever yeah. to play the code. Yeah. Uh, Think how but hot it's just like, oh, you know, like, Greeny, let's, let's start, let, 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 yeah. let's start, you know. Yeah, let's jack it let's up. Let's grow up a little bit. Yeah, you know, let, let's, 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 let's grow a beard. Yeah, yeah shave a beard. Your, a beard, shave your head. Oh, you know shaved I mean? head shaved with a beard. Shaved head, neck tat, grow a beard. I think Australia will be getting behind him fucking ASAP. Yeah. He walks out to bat in a baggy green. Oh, And he, t- he takes batting. it off to yeah, opening the batting in a baggy green. Yeah. Also disrespecting the West Indies yeah. pace attack. <laughs> um, make 150 to run a ball. <laughs> fucking Roston chases bowling off spin mm. with, a new, with a new pill at Adelaide Oval. Oh, um, he walks out to bat. He takes off his baggy green. He wipes his... 
now shaved head yeah. with a with uh with a sweatband over his left arm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He's wearing Doc Martens. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> and and you can just see a bit of neck tat just peeping out of top of the, the collar yeah, just there. Just so. Just so. Peeping out just so. <laughs> and now I'm thinking Australia has got the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Bradman would be rolling in his grave if he saw it. Yep. But fuck Bradman. Mm. That's what that's what the country would say. They'd say, fuck Bradman. This is this is the green era and his arseless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about. Hey, so, so, something to think about. Um, another thing to think about, a new thing uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. He goes, um, we are presenting a sm- small little segment for Pajero Sport called Toughest Away Days. Toughest and, Away and Days. In, and it's in the club cricket grade cricket spirit. Okay, good. Uh, because as everyone knows who's played the code at any club level really, mm-hmm. um, Heading away, heading away from home. It's an adventure. You know, it, well, it is. It can be. Like, it, it, it can be an yeah. adventure. It's a, it's a very rich experience. You're talking, you know, toll roads, mm. uh, playing the worst blokes in the comp. Yes. Travelling, you know, a long way to play the worst blokes in the comp. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing the bitumen through your ears, thinking yes. about what sort of day you're going to have. You're yes. going to have, you know, psychological insecurity and fear um, travelling to places of lower socioeconomic status See, that's a than, the, than the, you know, wherever your um, parents raised you and your sheltered existence it's nine degrees hotter yeah exactly as you're heading um, down the freeway the tollway you're getting the lit you've been picked up or you've picked somebody up yes. um you know, you know just disputes over petrol or maybe you don't mention it at all and just yeah. think it you know yeah. and, and brood and yeah. toxify on that for years uh making little comments like oh look run, run, run a little low <laughs> just little comments yeah. like that yeah. see if they'll be interpreted correctly or not <laughs> um you know, being like dubiously fined because you're late, you know, through mm. the car, you've got, you know, discarded syrupy Gatorade yes. and, and McDonald's wrappers with everywhere luck. with a with a rubbery cheese still stuck on. Oh, now you know what I'm saying? As a yes. Uh, maybe, maybe your captain picks you up in some really nice wheels. Maybe. And you're like, gee, he's got some good wheels. Yeah. What does uh, he do for a job? What does he do for a job? Does he have a job? Yeah. Why don't I know what he does for a job? Yeah. Why won't he talk about it? Mm. You know? Um, why, why don't I even know his first name? I just call him Macca. So we thought we, we just want to talk about some tough away days and some adventurous away days for right. this segment uh, for Pajero Sport. Um, we, we put it out to our patrons to kick off. They were very uh, – they received it really well. Most people didn't actually read what I wrote, um, which is concerning from a literacy perspective. Um, but but fair enough. Uh, just a couple of responses I got, um, and this is going to go out to everyone who listens to the show. We just want to hear your toughest, most adventurous away day. Um, if, if a car could be thrown into the theme. Very helpful, but uh, but a car is the central tenant of is, the away a, trip. Exactly. It is not only just it is the is obviously the vehicle in a literal sense to yeah. transport you from A to B. Yeah. Sometimes C on weekends. Yeah. It's also like it's it's the it's the housing of your like mouldy beer stained kit. Yeah. It smells of grass stains. Yeah. You know, it smells of regrets, mistakes on yeah. the field, mistakes dietary wise as well. Yes. That that is that is the home of your Saturday yeah. afternoon club cricket adventure. Exactly. Dri- driving into a ground, your eyes and your brain, your mind taking in every single fucking detail of the ground yes. you know that's gonna that's gonna form the fucking the theater and arena for your failure to yeah. come and <laughs> while you're thinking that subconsciously you know a friend walks past and you just raise one finger on the finger. steering wheel yeah. just to acknowledge their existence acknowledge no you. eye contact though yeah. you can see them yeah through your speed deals now a cu- couple of responses we actually had a lot of responses um these aren't this isn't the, this isn't the feature piece i'm reading today feature piece uh this is from brooklyn golf communications officer <laughs> Who said, um, 
good discourse. Who, suggest, who suggested that we, uh, and I don't know if the, if the brand's going to like this, but um, that we actually, in this segment, we should show what a real couple goes through when divorced and sharing custody of a car. <laughs> Empty Gatorade bottles, tears, and James Blunt albums for away trips. <laughs> or another, um, another post from somebody called I Lay the Talking Dog, who wrote, we had a real rare bloke at our club who once got dismissed and went to the car park and did burnouts while the game was on. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> but the the entry from today is uh, is from Finn, who went to write about his adventurous away day. Um, I should just note at this point, you know, full hood up uh, on this. Um, is that like this? This doesn't even need to go for this long, this segment, but it, I, I like what Finn's written in. Cars and you know cricket are good. Cars and cricket, it's, fuck, it's fucking rich. Yeah. Now- Finn says, uh, he wanted me to do it in a Troy McClure voice. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Finn just says, as a young teenager from a very small coastal town, most of my Saturday games required a pilgrimage of four hours or more to bat eight and average 10, bracket 7.24, only to return the following week and stand in the field for 50 overs and hopefully take a hard-earned wicket or two from my eight overs bowling. Must be nice to have eight overs. This gave way to many classic road trip experiences that many fellow customers will understand. (laughs) These would be 4am departures, Macca's breakfasts, games of spotto, car cricket, and the occasional sighting of a sus... Carmichael Hunt that would result in someone pointing at them and declaring that's your mate to another passenger all set to the backdrop of So Fresh the hits of summer 2007 there was the occasional car crash witness but nothing too interesting besides the low grade shit talk of 14 year olds with big egos playing in a representative side that was honourably endured by whoever's mother was giving up most of her weekend to drive a car full of little shits to get flogged by a team with a bigger talent pool the most interesting thing that I experienced was one day on a six hour trip to Milton Myself and three friends found ourselves positioned behind a car full of similarly aged girls. This led to this led to some very juvenile flirting by us boys using hand gestures and poorly written notes on A4 paper, hastily written from a school notebook. This would continue for about an hour until my friend Seb, the custodian of the front seat, wrote a note asking for the girls to give us a phone number. They didn't write a reply for a few minutes, and we thought we'd screwed the pooch. I don't know what that means. Oh, it sounds off, but um. But then something surprising happened. They held up a page with a number written and all three of them began kissing the rear window. This led to a rather interesting chain of events, beginning with a bemused Seb spitting his vanilla Coke all over the inside of the windscreen of our car and ending with his mother pulling onto the shoulder uh, sorry, uh, and demanding he cleaned the dashboard and windscreen and these girls fading into the distance laughing hysterically, <laughs> the phone number along with them. Not the most interesting story, but it's real and was the best I could write quickly while sitting in the camera blind spot at work. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Finn. So putting it out there, away days can be full of adventure. I like uh, it. That's thanks to Bajero Sport. Right in your uh, favourite, famous or infamous um, or nefarious away day, that's, and uh, we'll feature it in the segment. That's going to be a fun segment yeah. over the next few weeks. Um, all right, let's get into South Africa versus India. That is the shortest test in history in terms of mm. balls bowled, I believe. South Africa all out for 55 in the first dig. Siraj took six for 15. India made 153. Kohli top scored with a gritty 46. India, uh, you might have already seen, lost six for none. So they were 153 for four, and then all out 153, six for none. Then South Africa made 176. Aidan Markram hit 106 off 103 in this game. Um, 
Uh, Boomer took six for 61, uh, and then Indy needed 80 to win in the final innings. They did that three down, so Indy win by seven wickets. I'm going to give you a quote from <laughs> Rohit. Unbelievable from Markram. Oh, yeah. that, uh, and he wasn't even player of the match. Mm. Siraj gets player of the match. I mean, yeah. he did take six for in the first innings when they were by that for mm. 55, but surely Markham getting 106 in this game is fucking unbelievable to not get mad of the match. Anyway, Rohit Sharma said, we saw what happened in this match, how the pitch played. I honestly don't mind playing on pitches like this as long as everyone keeps their mouth shut in India and don't talk too much about Indian pitches. The ICC, the match referees, need to start rating pitches on what they see, not based on the countries. Honestly, I would like to see how the pitches are rated. Uh, just to continue on this theme, uh, Sonny Gaviska wrote a column via Midday, uh, and this report uh, on the article that I'm going to read now is via Wisden. So Gaviska mentioned in his column that Sean Pollock, who was commentating for the Cape Town test, had said that the curator had got it wrong, inverted commas, during his pitch report on day two. The former Indian captain pointed out this was a pattern among the senior countries, that's South Africa, England, New Zealand, and Australia countries. Uh, Sonny G said, these kind of excuses that the curator got it wrong is typical of the senior countries, Gavaskar wrote. When our curators make a dry pitch, then it's chicanery, as a former Australian skipper said last year after the Aussies, had been walloped in the first two test matches. So our groundsmen do it deliberately, but their groundsmen just get it wrong. It's like before the third country umpires came in, where decisions by the umpires were excused as human error, while our umpires were cheats and deli butchers and all such derogatory headlines. Um, yes, I was a shit tip, the pitch at Cape Town there. Uh, game over in a day and a bit. No, you're meant to say, no, they just they just got it wrong. Well, they got it wrong. When India does it, they mm. do it deliberately. Yeah. And when the senior countries do it, they just get it wrong. It's a slight tweak and a mistake. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no problem on this show saying that they would have fucking doctored the shit out of that deck <laughs> and they just, uh, it just, it just didn't work out for them, right? I mean, yeah. it's a shit tip. They doctored yeah. a shit tip. Yeah. Didn't work. Yeah. Just as they do in India and yeah. other places yeah. at times. Yeah. And like, but then they say, no, we don't. But then, as said in live shows, I, but I can see it with my eyes. Like in the first test match of the Australian Border Gavaska, uh, the Australian India Border Gavaska Trophy Series, where that first test match was at, uh, was it Nagpur was the first test match? Yeah. When they had literally um, not put grass on certain um, spots in the wicket because to a target Australia's left hand is to create more rough. I can see that, like, I can see that it's been doctored with yeah. my own eyes. And so you're doing it. Don't tell me that you're not doing it. But let's, uh, let, let's. <laughs> like call like just just for full clarity, as we always do, Pezza. Yeah. I would say South Africa. Th they've they fucked they've, it. They've created a shit tip in yeah. the hope of exploiting an advantage against the opposition, yeah. and it's backfired on them. As we've seen with shit tips, when you go too far on the shit tip, mm. the shit can tip on you. The third test match, uh, indoor Vasco indoor yeah. made but it again, too much. Rahul Dravid has a chat to the curator at lunchtime saying, "You fucked it." Yeah, you're it, doing it. Um, countries are. So it feels like countries are doctoring their pitches um, as much, if not more, than ever. I mean, I yeah. know in, um, you know, like the, like England, the England guys, like they fucked up the pitch at Edgebaston because it wasn't what they wanted, but they, they largely went for like flat decks that allowed yeah, yeah. them to score the runs at the pace and, and exercise that scoreboard approach that they want. It's all the same kind of thing. Now, I'm... I love what Sonny G is saying here and the prelude that that creates oh, for, um, yeah. when I say love, I just mean the, the emotions surrounding it are just sensational. Oh. But like, and the prelude that that brings into South Africa, mm. uh, to India versus England, which, which we'll get to, but yep. I would have been more interested in like what he thought about the pitch itself. Cause, cause is he say like, instead of saying that there's hypocrisy among media representation of pitches and the morality associated with it, like, did he think, 
Like you're kind of a bit trapped there because if he says it's a shit pitch, mm. then is he bound to also agree that they're shit pitches in India as well? Like when is a pitch shit? Yeah. And, you know, just that great oh, yeah. philosophical question mm. or when or when isn't it? But mm-hmm. instead it's now a conversation and it feels like that's what Rohit was was getting at as well. He, he says, he says, as long as everyone he says, I don't mind playing on pitches like this. So that's at least that's that's consistent. You know, he's he's, he's basically saying, you know, if if it's a, if it's the same for both sides, we're good to go. Um, as long as everyone keeps their mouths shut in India and don't talk much about Indian pitches, do, do you think he means mouth shut like about India? Yeah. So he's not talking to his his compatriots. He's talking to people who like to talk about the pitches in India. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't mind playing on pitches like this. So, so Rohit's basically saying, mate, I'm up for any pitch. Like I'm that, – that, that's essentially what he's saying. So yeah. it's like, I'm going to shut my mouth about this pitch yeah. just as you should shut your mouth about pitches in India. Yeah. This is all – we're good to go here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you reckon the, do you reckon we, the pitches? I mean, do you reckon the pitches will spin as much when Astro and Jadeja retire from Test cricket? I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> what, does he, what does he mean when he said the ICC? Not uh, the ICC. The well, match referees need to start rating pitches on what they see. Pezza, he was upset. not based on the countries. So he's he's suggesting that there is prejudice and discrimination against Indian pitch ratings. Yes, by the ICC, because he was upset that the Ahmedabad pitch in the World Cup final was rated as average. Well, he said it was rated below average, but it wasn't. It was, it was rated as average. So it's just getting into real and They tried to bluff Australia into batting first. But what we're, what we're talking about here is, is like, when you, when you come down to the core, it's like, stop fucking telling us what to do. Like, that's, that's, the, that's the current Indian yeah. moment that they're in. They've fucking had enough. They've had enough of white people telling them what to do. And- it's it's fucking it's there in every communication, and that's why the um, the colonial series <laughs> coming up at the end of the month Mate. is going to be in many ways putrid and vile and aggressive and, and awesome. nasty, and it's also going to be hilarious as an Australian watching baseball on some of the shittest shit tips that's ever been shitted. Sunny G went on. Looking forward to the comments today in this video, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Sunny G went on and said, in about three weeks' time, another test series starts with a country that has the biggest whinging and moaning media in sport. Anything that doesn't suit their team will be criticised and allegations will fly thick and fast. Now, I'm finding it hard to disagree with anything within that from Sunny G. Okay. Um, he goes on. Would you say that he would be whinging himself about the whinging? <laughs> i got a few things to say of, gr- of crucial import. He says, Ever since India became a power in the sport and rightfully began to assert itself in the ICC boardrooms, there has been a concerted effort to denigrate it by those from the old powers. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. They arrive with an agenda and come what may, will dish out stories for getting the brownie points at home. It would be wonderful if our media rises to the oh, challenge my God. and takes them on word for word. <laughs> oh my God. That would be a clash to enjoy as thoroughly as the one that will unfold <laughs> on the ground. Oh, Is that me. too much to hope for? We shall soon find out. Oh my it's a God. sunny G call to arms oh. for the media. Now, I I thought India's media was doing a great job. Yeah. Word for word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've I mean in our personal experience, there's been no problem with um, people posting uh, <laughs> and uh, the Indian-centric point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but 
Sonny's saying step up. Yeah. A call to arms. I'm yet to see and advice like, you know, against so, India. I'm yet to see that. So we're looking at like, you know, like, like Ali Martin's got a big job on his hands. Yeah. In India, because he's yeah. it's it's a media war. Well, he's now. he's playing now. Yeah, he's basically he's, he's basically twelfth man. Well, mate, people, it's it's word for word. It's it's, it's against <laughs> against the whinging and the, the biggest whinging oh and moaning God. media and sport. Oh. Uh, yeah, a couple of guys over there: Chris Dog, Barney Barney Rhino, Vish might be over there. Will McPherson, right, right, right. Tim Wigmore. I'm just going to call it. It's a big guys. series. I mean, it, it is the hardest place to go given India's record. Man, there. it's going to be awesome. We, we did a bit in the uh, the live show just talking about India's dominance there and te- dominance there in Test matches in the last ten years. Forty four Test matches played. They've only lost twice. Once to sorry, that was before the Australian series. Now three games they've lost. Uh, in the last uh, 11 years, I suppose it would be now. Uh, so don't lose one, a lot. One to England, two to Australia. They've won 15 of those games by an innings, a whole <laughs> bunch of other games by 300 runs. Like <laughs> it, is, it is so hard to win there because they are so good at home. And so it, for England, it's the, it's, these, it's the hardest place to go. It's harder than Australia. Oh, um, yeah. It's the hardest place to go in the world. Absolutely. For any team. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's as hard as what it was uh, to go to the West Indies in the 70s and the 80s. It's as hard as uh, what it was to go to Australia in uh, you know the Steve Waugh early Ponting era. Um, it's as hard as that. Um, and but it's a huge series. I mean, it's basically one of the uh, you know one of the three teams playing against each other that play Test cricket. It's uh, the best series, and it's uh, and it's so great for an Australian because it's like can't lose, no dog in the fight, really. <laughs> yeah, really oh, and also no, the best. Like, yeah. It's going to be the greatest online series and because two, like, two day Test matches will be fun as well. Well, exactly. Mm. Uh, but you're talking about like two teams who like holistically carry themselves with like emotion. And extremity right. and fundamentalism and evangelism I like it. for what they do. Yeah. Everything is like at, at an extreme end of the spectrum, whatever it is. So, like, Sonny's exactly right. The off field stuff's going to be gold. Red hot. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm sick, obviously. Like, I'm, I'm sick in the head for all yeah, this yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. Well, but like, Twitter's fucked. You're going to be, yeah, yeah. Internet brain cooked um, concerning help required. Yeah. Right? Bigger issues at hand. It, bigger issues at yep. hand, family, speaking to people, no problem, right? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> – yeah. but, yeah, um, but. but um, you know, like the way England's playing their cricket, the way they're talking about their cricket, yep. the way um, <laughs> India likes <laughs> to prepare its conditions yes. and the values that sit behind that, right. um, which are values shared by other countries like South Africa, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. England – in the latest series, different ways of creating images. Um, the, the 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 possibilities are mouthwatering. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really are. Yeah. I remember back in twenty twenty one. This is when we sort of started covering cricket in India when uh, Bairstow got. That was the Axel Axel Patel series, right? And Bairstow got out sweeping or something. I still remember diving into my couch laughing. <laughs> like, Not at Johnny, just yeah. the just the. The amount, the explosive energy involved yeah, in it, and that's yeah. before you get to the post-colonial stuff. Well, I was just thinking as well, Peasant. In fact, we were talking about this just before. We'll off, be covering it, by the way. Hey, we, are, we, are, we are covering that series. Um, so, uh, Sponsors get in touch. So, uh, no, in this moment, India has just suffered just possibly the worst oh, loss yeah. in the history of their oh. cricket, given like – given what that World Cup meant to them and the crescendo that was the oh, final, yeah. and then they fucked it. And so the, the, the lull, and I'm, I'm not celebrating that. I'm just pointing out, like, it's, it, it plays a prelude to this series and that, like, okay, who do India want to beat more than anyone in the world at anything? And it's England mm. because of the 1947 stuff, okay? 
Okay. Okay. And so they've got five test matches now. The first time now that Australia and England and India all play in five test match series uh, based on a new, um, what's it called? The World Test Championship schedule thingy. Um, Future Tours Future program. Tours program. Thank you. And now they've got five test matches at home where they must now avenge the loss uh, of the World Cup final atone, against England. Atone the humiliation. It's atonement. Yeah. I mean, I would not, like, England. It's going to be vicious. Oh. Fucking hell. I'm, I'm salivating. We, 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 uh, I typically don't want to. Who have we um, got? We've got the Windies. Yeah. <laughs> typically don't want to um, divulge, like, live show content. Uh, but Well, we can burn it now anyway. Um, particularly things guests say. And, like, we, oh. um, uh, you, you asked uh, Tom Moody a question about the Australia-South Africa World Cup game 99. Right. Uh, and who, where he was playing. Um, yes. It was across two World Cups, two decades. Um, South Africa had a great team. This was, this was their moment to talk about him. Yeah. And um, you you just asked him about uh, Moody. Uh, Moods is a, like a, a very learned um, man on cricket globally. Yeah. Uh, particularly in Asia. Yes. Um, and isn't given anywhere near enough credit here for what he knows. Agreed. But um, you asked him about you know, his observations about South Africa um, dealing with that loss emotionally. Mm-hmm. And he was really uh, like flowing in his explanation of just how much it hurt them. Yeah. And, uh, and then I- And they I, haven't recovered. And then I think I said, what do you think is worse, that or India mm. uh, in the World Cup? And he just went, India. And he, <laughs> and he said- that, that, he said, that's going to take a hundred years. <laughs> Should I say that? I don't know. Fuck. Um, and- uh, oh. I don't think, and I'm saying this for the, I mean, look, it's flippant. It's flippant. You can't generalise about people. You just can't. Uh, mm. But, um, um, yeah, like, I, I, it's just more for the kind of benefit of, uh, of like, non-India cricket consumers. But uh, our experience has been that, like, the, the herd of that World Cup loss is at a, at a depth that oh. is – actually quite difficult to comprehend mm. at a, at a, um, like a community societal level. Mm. And I'm spinning it positively by saying, I hope that that energy is channeled into this five test series mm. against England, kicking off with Sonny Gavaska mm. issuing a call to arms <laughs> to media <laughs> to, <laughs> to take on the biggest whinging and moaning Group in sport. Oh now, my I god! Hope, I hope. Again, it's a sickness. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that our, you know, um, we've got friends across the media in all, all countries, but I, mm-hmm. I, I hope that our English friends, you know, take it as a challenge, mm. uh, and then we can we can <laughs> sit back and just <laughs> ping uh, ping a few thoughts off. <laughs> just it's going to be a great series. Tune in. The first test uh, starts in Hyderabad on January twenty five. Okay. Um, 16 days. 16 days time. 16 sleeps. As said, we'll be uh, covering that series uh, here in the podcast. Oh, by the way, well done on India winning that game against South Africa. India won the game. game. And they they drew the series one all, which is also part of the disappointment of uh, that series only being a two-test series. Heinrich Klaassen announced overnight he's retiring from test cricket. He wasn't even playing this game. Uh, But he, in fact, he only played four test matches. Um, But he is retiring. This feeds into a bigger story as well. Dean Elgar obviously announced before the series started that was the end for him. He got a, a fitting farewell. Um, all the Indian players shook his hand and stuff uh, when he walked off for the final time. The SA20 starts on Thursday this week. What's today? Today's Tuesday. The first test against New Zealand in that uh, weird series is February 4, so that's uh, all happened about the same time. 
Um, India and Australia women, Peza. Mm. Now, this actually has been a belting series because yep. obviously India won the first test match. It was a great game of cricket. Then Australia won the three-match ODI series 3-0. Interestingly, India hosts the ODI World Cup in 2025. There's obviously the T20 World Cup at the end of this year in Bangladesh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Phoebe Litchfield has been the story of the ODI. 78 in the first game, the chase India's 280. Elise Perry also hit 75. T-Mac, Talia McGrath hit 68. The second match, Australia won by three. Three runs, defending 260. Phoebe Litch hit 63. Pez, 50. Uh, third match, Australia hit 338 and won by 190 runs. I think it's the third biggest win ever against India but from any nation. Uh, Phoebe's hit 119 off 125. Elisa Healy, Heels, hit 82. That opening sound of 189 off 173 was the highest ever opening partnership against India in ODIs. Uh, Litchfield was bought by the Gujarat Giants for 120k USD for the WPL 2024, but she's been fucking amazing, Phoebe Litchfield. Uh, 20 years old, future of the game. Also playing with Elise Perry, who uh, in the second T20, that was her 300th game. So uh, the three-match T20 series is tied at 1-1 as we record. The final match is tonight. That's at 12.30 a.m. if you're on the uh, Eastern States in Australia. So Indy won the first game by nine wickets. Litchfield again, top score for Australia with 49, uh, batting at six. Uh, then Indy chased that with three overs left, uh, one wicket down. Second game, as I said before, that was Elise Perry's 300th game for Australia. She hit a six to win the game as well. Hit uh, 40 red or something like that. 34. 34, okay. Australia chased 130 with a no to spare and six wickets in hand. Litchfield again was not out with Pez uh, and she was on 18. Uh, there was a great message from Australian sporting luminaries for Pez's 300th game. Uh, Sally Fitzgibbon, Susie O'Neill, Ariane Titmus, Lauren Jackson, Liz Ellis, Jess oh, Fox, Kari Webb, all safe. featured on the video. That's very oh, safe. That, I mean, that is like, oh. 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 With the Yes. yes. Yeah. That's checking in with a great say me think amazing. <laughs> uh, that's that's a video you want to receive in your inbox. Three hundred games for Perry. She said, you know, I wouldn't rule out four hundred. Oh, that's cool. yeah, and I heard that's I heard good. her say like depending on what the universe has in store. That's sort of that. I, I'd, I'd heard no, universe talk about that. Yeah, no, nah, but not and not in like a. Uh, airy fairy ethereal way like it just just struck me as a as a wise person okay. just going like you know there are mm-hmm. there are, there are forces at play me think amazing yeah it's oh, i mean i don't know how the the, the numbers and the the body of work mm-hmm. when pez retires which will happen whenever she feels like it right. frankly is going to look just spectacular yeah I mean, we're talking about the, the greatest ever hey, what about the, the trophies one <laughs> Before you even throw Matilda stuff into it. So, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, 300 games doesn't include the, yeah, the Matilda's game. Defending was loose against Sweden in that game. <laughs> people, <laughs> didn't, don't, people, don't, people don't talk about that. Didn't close it down quick enough <laughs> before she put one top bin in the World Cup. I mean, I just, I just couldn't admire the player more. Like, she's yeah. just, as a sports person, just sporting attainment yeah. par excellence. Oh, she's playing fantastically as well. I mean, Phoebe yeah, literally has been the story. I mean, well. this, is, this has been Phoebe's, like, breakout series. She's been in the squad for a little while, uh, last year or so, 18 mm, months maybe. Mm. But, like, but this is this is breakout she's, she's stuff. Start, she's starting to come through exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it, what's interesting about this series because in the Ashes they play like a point series where you get four points for winning the test match is that right four points for winning the test match and you get four, two each four two two yeah four two two yeah so at the if that was the they're not doing this for the for the India series but if that was the case going into the last game here would be six six if it was a point series which would be fucking awesome but I mean, to be fair I suppose they're they playing the T20 series best of three so the winner of this game tonight uh, mm. will win that series and I suppose overall we'll have uh more wins in series. Well, they'll have bragging rights. Bragging rights, yeah. 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 The rights to brag over the other team. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, but I mean, just once, I mean, there was a little bit of a wobble there. I thought when, when Meg Lanning stepped down, uh, she, she wasn't available for the Ashes. Lisa Healy took over. This is her first series taking over full time as captain, um, winning that series 3 0, uh, the ODI series, and then in the mix to win the T20I series here. Uh, it's it's good. It's good stuff. It makes me feel a little bit better. I, I just, I got a sense of some wobbles before, you know, which is you lose Lanning, you yeah. know, you're losing Bradman basically. Yeah. 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 Put it to put it in man's terms. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I keep thinking, yeah. I mean, fuck. There are some safe names in the, in the team still, but it, for me, yeah. and and perhaps bias, but no more than Perry. Does, yeah, I I, I just I, I like seeing it there. Shout out to um friend of the show, Kimmy G, Kim Garth. Yeah. Um, Storm threw up top too far in the yep. last game. Yep. Missed out Play the first the game. Yep. Uh, Darcy, Darcy Brown was picked. Uh, yep. Sprayed him around a bit. Kimmy G comes in. Schnick, schnick, pack him. I'm uh, I'm feeling more safe with uh, with Sutherland and McGrath. Like I'm, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. getting some, some more safety, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like lo- longer term yeah, play some names. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and, and they are they are sort of storied names in Australian cricket as well. Just again, put it back in the men's prism. Exactly. Uh, BBL 2023. Pairs, you want to talk about that? Brisbane Heat are on top. They have not lost a game. Six wins, fourteen points. Perth Scorchies. Uh, they are second. Then Sixers in third. Stars fourth. Hurricanes, Strikers, Thunder, Renegades in that order. Uh, not a great season for the Thunder or the Renegades who have had one win out of their eight and uh, seven games. Not ideal. No. Uh, so we're heading to the business end of the season now. Finch has retired from the BBL. He's the seventh highest run scorer in T20 cricket, second most in the BBL, of course, after Chris Lynn. Isn't playing at the moment, but given a f- uh, maybe given a farewell against the Stars this Saturday night. That's the last game he'll play in Melbourne. January thirteenth. That's at Marvel Stadium. So uh, I, I mean, I don't know if they're going to pick him, but he's not. He's not. He's not in the eleven at the moment. But uh, given that that will be the last game in Melbourne, they've got one game after that in might be against the Thunder. Actually, I'm not sure, but it's in Sydney. Um, so uh, get yourself going to Marvel, I suppose. Say well to uh, to Aaron Finch. When is that? Did you say Saturday, January thirteenth? Is it a night game? I don't Do you know? know. I presume I it would be. Boys, um, I presume it would be. Uh, Scott Edwards has been drafted into the Renegades, yeah, obviously yeah. Uh, the Netherlands captain, as a replacement for injured Joe Clark. So Quinton the Cock is leaving before the final two games to play in the SA20. So Scott Edwards might come in to play those last two games. We were asking before about why Scott Edwards has not been picked up because he obviously mm. he is, he was raised in uh, mm. Victoria, raised in Melbourne, played club cricket here, did excellently in the World Cup in India for the Netherlands. Great performances. And uh, so he was actually in South Africa at the moment because the Netherlands are playing against the SA20 teams oh. uh, just as like a warm-up for for, oh, okay. for for those guys. And so he's in South Africa at the moment. Well, he was, and then he's been drafted into to um, re- essentially re- replace Quentin okay. Clock, I suppose. So a uh, bit of a switcheroo there. Um, so there's that. Um, Ponting uh, said last night of the Thunder pitch at the Sydney showground that it's shit. Uh, which <laughs> was his it, exact words. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you were watching it and yeah, uh, it, it was, was no it good. Was, yeah. Spin deluxe. Um, yeah. And I've noticed since then, um, Chris Green has, has come out and criticized those words uh, as Thunder captain. Right. Uh, but yeah, last night, I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about. I mean, stick, sticking with that, like last night was one of those um, BBL games you do see where the. Um, guess the, the, the turgidness of the deck has a really big say in the way the game is played, you know. Right. So, um, you know, Big Bash probably wants to be true to its name of there being some big bashes around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the deck at the showground was uh, one where the ball was really gripping into it and, and it was slow spin, so it wasn't uh, like coming onto the bat or anything like that. And, and guys like Dan Sams and 
Nathan McAndrew and AJ Ty were essentially coming in bowling like 120k spin and getting some great purchase too, right? right? So okay. there was some seriously unplayable deliveries. Not in a um, in no suggestion of danger, just uh, the way it impacts tactics. But um, and and sort of the what you see, it's one it's 130 plays 130 sort of thing, mm. and um, yeah, uh, and so you know it, it you. This, the style of cricket is probably not as easy on the eye, but you know, to uh, Ponting made this point on on air that um, he suggested, and he was very, um, like, what's the word? Like, he, he made it very clear he was saying this from a player's perspective that mm-hmm. uh, perhaps they should look at playing the games in Canberra because uh, it's just not a very inviting wicket, uh, right? From which to watch or play cricket, uh, and he said from that's from a player's perspective. Um, and Chris Green came out and. Um, defended their home ground said he loves playing there he loves his family and friends coming there um he's a spinner he doesn't mind it he says why does why does every game have to be 220 plays 200 um we 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 like where we're from uh and we like we're a western sydney team and that's where we are so you know that that's all very valid too i think and and i think aaron hardy said i can see both sides (laughs) well yeah well i mean chris green's from manly so i'd be very surprised if anyone's making out to blacktown (laughs) (laughs) um but but i mean um uh you know, I think the BBL's going well. I, I, I noted the other day a tweet. Um, uh, I haven't verified it, but uh, that the big ba- the big bash crowds are up by twenty nine percent across yeah. the first twenty games yeah, of the BBL. That, yeah. Average seventeen thousand compared with thirteen thousand mm-hmm. uh, the year previous. We've heard a lot of like number spinning in the BBL, but that's pretty pretty straight numbers. Uh, and, and I think the TV audiences are good. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, although I have noted as well that um, I think they're on par for this BBL to be the most rain-affected BBL of yeah, all. Okay. So, there's been 40 games and nine washouts with still a fair few to go before you get to finals. And I think the record, the record, is like is 10 washouts for mm. an entire season. So, it's been really um, uh, haphazard in that sense, which, yeah. which is frustrating. Especially given like the last three years in Australia have been La Nina, which brings more precipitation, mm. and this year supposed to be El Nino, which is supposed to be drier and hotter. Um, well, so once again, there's a lot to dispute around. Yeah, you know, climate change. Something to think about. Pat Cummins. Yeah. yeah, once again, yeah, Cummins holes Cat in all Cummins. of this. Indeed, Kawaja Manus and Carey all available for cameos before the Adelaide Test match for their franchises clubs that we call them for the strikers there, and I guess the heat for Kawaja and Manus. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Dave Warner is hoping to get a helicopter to the SCG so we yep. can play for the Thunder against the Sixers after his brother's wedding. Um, I like that kind of gear. I, Pezza, I went to. Thank I, you. I was, I, I was I was fucking waiting for this. I, I went I went to the Big Bash. I went to the Big Bash League. Wow. I went to Green versus Pink. What their official names are, I'm not sure. But a green team was playing and a pink team was playing. And um, First question, did you put a bucket on your bonce? Yeah, I did at a bar afterwards. Yeah. So my takeaway from the Big Bash, because I haven't been to in a while. Which means you had to have left, you had to have to have taken that bucket from the ground. Yeah. um, Wow. Someone that I was with took one from a kid who had about 50. (laughs) Okay. Um, So... uh, uh, my takeaway from it was I couldn't believe how many kids were there. And I was thinking it was actually fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, cause when you go to the test, it's an entirely different demographic. First of all, mate, I saw hot birds there. There were, there were hot women at the cricket, which I, which I don't see very often, but there were attractive women at the cricket. And also there were like, there were so many kids there. And I was thinking like, 
it is fucking awesome that kids get to go to the cricket and they're having a good time. Like you could see they're just loving it. Like there's, there's so much to distract them. I'm not sure how much they're actually engaging in the cricket itself. But like, I was just thinking about like when I first went to the, like the, the SCG when I was a kid, like it was always test matches. I didn't I think I went to an ODI until I was maybe a teenager or something like that. But it was, um, they, they are long days and it was kind of like caught up in like being in a huge environment of like, you know, 30, 40,000 people or, or 15,000 people have them uh, my memory might be distorted. Mm. Oh no! Back in the day, it was forty thousand sellout every game. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. right. That's and right. And for tests. <laughs> um, but like, how many kids were there, and just like having a great time? And the whole thing is like set up for kids with the fireworks and the music and the cooey when there's a ball ch- when there's a bowler change and like um and the cricket itself might be a bit of a sideshow to that. But like kids walking around with like getting like 20, 30 buckets, and like just like it's actually fucking genius that KFC have like put this bucket on your head. Like it's a, it's actually insane genius because there are, there is there are thousands of people with a fucking bucket of KFC chicken on their head. How do they do that? How do they do it? It's genious. Anyway, these buckets are like they're not actually they don't have the grease from previously no. eaten chicken, do no, they? They're, no, they, they, they're, they they're, they're, they're their own property. Literally, when you walk into the ground, mm. there are people standing there with like different um um buckets, different like um you know club insignia on their polos, yeah. and they're handing out. The buckets. Mm. So they're free. I think. Yeah. That's right. on my hands. Take a couple of the grippers. <laughs> but the kid the kids are like the kids try and get as many as possible. Yeah. And then like you see them in different different grounds on Australia, they build like little castles with them and shit at the end of the game. But it was a good turnout on Sunday and I was like thirty thousand people there at the uh at the MCG. Um in fact our producer Charlie was uh, he was also there. Um, shout out Charlie. But uh yeah, so um but my takeaway from it honestly was that it was awesome that there were that many kids there. And that they were having a good time at the cricket, and that I, that's if that's the if that's the gateway to get more young people into cricket or families into cricket or whatever. Then I was like, yeah, this is good. The game itself was a bit of a fizzer. The Sixers won it easily. Um, sorry, Pink won it easily. Uh, but um, <laughs> oops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still think I still think that the competition would be so much better if they could get eleven slash twelve slash thirteen of the Australian players into the competition every single night. Therefore, all of a sudden, you're probably going to have two or three recognisable, famous players for the kids to see. And maybe the cricket will become more of a centrepiece. But overall, the experience was, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, mate, that that's awesome. Yeah, it's it was – yeah, you, you said that off air, um, reflecting on the game because we do our reflections. And uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. We just I, had actually, I had actually – I had forgotten amid, you know, the um, pearl clutching that so many of us do around how to fix the BBL and stuff that that initial core mission of it was really child driven. Mm. And uh, yeah, when we're talking about the future of cricket and how to get the Aussie players into the BBL and stuff, it's it's, it's amazing how, and I do think it's important to do that, but like um, it's actually quite, um, it's quite endearing that there is a competition that is that is still driven by getting kids involved in mm. the game. Like that, that is just a, it's a policy, I suppose. I know there's, there's other drivers and stuff, but it's a policy that is about the future. It's about long-term. It's about connecting people into the game rather than like, you know, this scourge we have at the moment or have had for a long time that Todd Greenberg talked about last year of, you know, 
this tendency to have sports administrators who come in for sort of two to four years, deliver on the bottom mm. line and get out and not really have um, a sense of custodianship for something that lasts longer than that. So to mm. have, uh, you know, that, that that is a credit to the BBL. And if you're going there and seeing it, you know, feet on the ground in the flesh, that there's a ton of kids there and they're all enjoying it. And, mate, like I, I, got, I went to cricket all the time as a kid. Mm. I was lucky my dad took me out and um, um, and I was I was – like I'd like to think that I was watching really intently. I wasn't. I was running around trying to like you find little games of cricket that other kids are playing yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. Silly little projects. Um, that no to- concentration. Totally captivate you. Yeah. You know. And then your dad's coming back going, "Someone wants to take your seat," and you're like, "No, nah, oh, I'm doing this." <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a whole thing. Or like you know, e- e- eating special foods and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And your, your soft drink and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, that is, you know, I'm sorry to be solemn and earnest, but yeah. that is um, that is kind of cool. I just hope they can figure out a way with the BBL to get the best players involved, and then you might be able to have the best of of all worlds. But it is a uh, it's a complicated one. Person, do you get, do you ever get frustrated that you can't watch the BBL because you're in a different country? <laughs> <laughs> mate, regularly. Yeah. Because you're, you're always overseas, mate. I, just, I find you, I say, where are you? And you yeah. say, like, Namibia. Uh, yeah, exactly. How the fuck did you get to Namibia? Yeah. Are you watching the BBL? And you say, yeah. can't. Well, here's your problem, Pezza. Yeah. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to that country, said country being Australia. That's where the Big Bash is played. You're in Namibia. You want to watch the Big Bash? NordVPN. You can switch your location virtually from Namibia to Australia, and then you can watch the BBL... So you don't miss out on any of the action. That's as easy as that, mate. Fuck yeah. Pezza, people worried about being on the brink of global recession here in the world. That's where we are, the world. And it's going, it's all going a bit crazy. People need to cut back on spending, save some money whilst also protecting yourself online. Well, NordVPN helps you save money as well as protect you or me from cybercrime. You can change your virtual location. You can sign up for subscription services via other countries and pay a cheaper price. I've said it to you before. Maybe you want to download KO, for instance. Maybe you want to talk about uh, Stan or Netflix or whatever. You can sign up and you can pay a cheaper price than what you would in uh, other countries like the US, the UK, even Australia. Also, you can book flights and holidays via another country and pay less. So NordVPN essentially pays for itself with those savings. You can grab an exclusive NordVPN deal by going to the customer some URL uh, through the episode show notes in this episode. If you don't want to do that and you say, here goes, just tell it to me to my face. Say the words, nordvpn.com forward slash TGC. You get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash TGC. Pezzo, we had the privilege of speaking to Bo Webster, the big slug himself, for the second time on the show, but for the first time in the flesh. He sat on the couch. He sat on the casting couch in many ways, and we cast our eyes upon him, and we thought, you know what? I like the look of this bloke. He's a great man, and it's a big old slug, and this interview with Bo Webster is brought to you by winning the inner battle. And it feels like Bo Webster has. In many ways, and you and you will pick that up uh, in the interview that we're about to play. Uh, but um, many players in today's game uh, have won their own inner battle through win- uh, through reading Shane Watson's tome, winning mm. the inner battle. To um, me, mate, what about Watto's renaissance in public life? Yeah, which I think should continue unabated. Okay, a man that was, uh, um, you know, often. Mocked and criticised and castigated, often for you know uh, daring to review yeah. decisions. Um, who found himself caught between great generation and the younger guys trying to come through, straddling both mm. with a plum. Mm. It must be said, who uh, reinvented his game. 
towards the end of his career, freed up his mind and started scoring bulk runs in white ball cricket, yeah. regretting that he didn't access it earlier. But everyone's on their own journey, and it comes when it comes. Uh, winning the in the bat, winning the inner battle is a an aggregation of what he learned later in his career, working with uh, an esteemed psychologist and performance specialist, and uh, a number of players have um, have. have Honored the book and said that it's uh it's very responsible for their own freedom in their yep. own games yep. and in life. Uh, you can get winning the inner battle at shanewatson.au. Here he is. Here's the great man by Webster. Not the first time we've heard from your slug. Uh, episode 106 with Clive Rose. You might recall. We didn't see you. We heard from you. Now at I the do time recall, you're. Yes. You're at, you're at Kingborough Cricket Club playing yep. for the Renegades. Um, you know, we're dialing you from Skype phone credit, you know, <laughs> yeah. and now you're at the Stars, PM's 11, and we've got a couch, you know, so look how far we've all gone. in the world then, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. No, it was, uh, it's good to be here. It was a, a good chat a few years ago, and, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Well, let's, like, just just straight at the top, I mean, what most people want to know is, like, can we call you Slug? Like, just to kick off, it I, feels I good. I think more people around the country probably know me as Slug than they do uh, Bo, so be my guest. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> it's a uh, it's a nickname that stuck with me for a long time. Yeah. And there's a couple of slugs around the country now. I think. Even <laughs> I bet. I was someone I bet who was are. telling Mark Steckity was telling me they call Max Bryant slug as well. So it's confusing when we're playing against really? Max. Yeah. Max here. There's slugs going on everywhere. But no, <laughs> then we'll get slugs. Are, yeah, slugs must be is, tough. Uh, welcome. Mm. Is, is it is it is it like difficult for you that it's sort of sticking around? Yeah, like, oh, I really, not, really I, wish it didn't. I think I've yeah. just got used to it since I was, since I was about twelve. It came. I don't even know who gave it to me. One of the boys at the Kimber Crew Club, I think. And it's, uh, it's concerning. Yeah, it's just <laughs> <laughs> for the different reasons, but it's yeah. uh, it's definitely it's stuck with me, and it's uh it's one of those things that you just get every day and used to. Um, just talking about just staying in the, on the theme of numbers and length. Um, <laughs> uh, your ESPN Crick Info profile has got you down at one ninety four. Yeah, that's Cricket Australia website says two hundred centimeters. Mm. What is it? I think they're both wrong. I think I'm about two hundred one, two hundred two. Oh, right? oh yes. wow, clearing I think it. I'm, yeah. uh, yes. I'm over, the, over the two mark. Oh yes. Um, you, I mean, you say you four. Jeez, I've under, under club there. Yeah. yeah. You say you think you're over it. I mean, no, I think if, I if, if you're, if you're, if you're pushing you two, you if you're over the it's top two, of that, yeah, you know. it's over two. I remember last time we did a, a bit of um, what do you call it when you get all do the measurements to start a pre-season. I've done a pre-season in a while, so I don't know, but it was over two hundred definitely. Is that all you want to know? Here, sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's just, it's just, oh, no, it's just, it's just bigger than Cam Green. Yeah. How does um, it? Like, well, we, we, uh, he said one ninety nine the other night as yeah, well. He's just mm. under. I remember mm. asking him that actually at the PMs game. He said, yeah, just under. But he, he I think he goes around saying two metres as well. So, yeah. Really? Um, yeah. He's I a mean, big did you go back to back? I think I had him just, yeah. 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 In the bowling spikes, anyway, I had him. <laughs> In the bowling spikes. <laughs> Do you feel like. I mean, given that we've opened up with like slug and then how's the size of it yep. as in height, uh, <laughs> do you feel objectified at all around like, yep. you know, like like I actually was looking up online before and one of the first interviews that comes up is just a kid interviewing you on the MCG just going, geez, you're tall. <laughs> like like we, we talked to Kyle Jamison about this as well. Like is there a point where you're like, all right, I, I can play cricket you, yeah, too. I'm yeah, you certainly, you certainly get used to the first comment being, geez, you're tall or where you're tall and there's still not a great way to respond to that. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Yeah, no, you're, you're not. No, I don't play any basketball. No, cricket actually. Yeah, bowler, not really. A few metos. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's pretty. Uh, it does get annoying sometimes, especially when you're out and about at the pub or whatever, yeah. and you're having a chat. And first thing people say is, "Geez, you're tall," and there's just no real good response. Yeah, just still space. yet to master one. But yeah. Yeah. get used to it. Well, you did play on, uh, you know, on Brody Grundy once, which I yeah. read this. He as well. was tall. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so it was like like with most cricketers, was, was, footy, was footy the first uh, yeah. choice and uh, just, just fell back to cricket? <laughs> Certainly not, no. I think that, that might have been the day there where I had a good uh, look at myself and probably the only day I felt short, I reckon, when he was jumping yeah. all over me in the ruck. Um, no, it was definitely definitely was cricket. I did enjoy my football and played a couple of good games here and there. Uh, zero tank. Zero tank. Okay. Shocking. Um, could take a mark. Shocking mm. kick. Um, and at that stage, they, they looked at drafting anyone over 200 centimetres, so I thought I was a sniff, but I reckon um, as much as I tell everyone I am, I'm not sure I would have gone anywhere. Um, you've just turned 30. Has that been a thing for you? You know, a lot of people like 30 is a big number, you know, like where I'm at with my life. I think you've, you've got a few things pieced together here, but like uh, I think things are going okay for you. Um, but like, you know, how, how are you going 30? What does that mean to you? Yeah, well, yeah, it was only a few weeks ago. We we had a good celebration, actually. We we got dusted in three days by New South Wales, and my birthday was on day four. So <laughs> it, was a, it was an awesome day at the Coogee Palace. Um, <laughs> we certainly gave it a nudge there with the, going into the BBL break. But it was, um, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit scary. 30, I've always sort of seen myself as still that young, you know, kid coming into the squad or, or yeah. always... The body still feels good remarkably after bowling a few more overs in the last few years, but still see myself as that sort of 23, 24 year old. And then you, and then you see the 3 0 next to your name and you, you kind of have to grow up a little bit, I suppose, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> which hasn't happened yet. Um, but no, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying it. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, like someone said the other day, like you either get older um, or you don't, uh, which is, which is probably darker. Um, Jesus. Slugger. <laughs> That that game you mentioned against New South Wales, I mean, Tassie's flying at the moment, yeah. top of the shield table. Um, you know, everyone's been saying that uh, Cameron Bancroft is absolutely bashing the door down. Well, only thirteen more runs at old slug. Uh, mm. he's, he's, he's taken a few poles as well. Uh, so yeah. you're, you're you're averaging ninety seven uh, this um, this season. I see your eyes darting That's around. Nice. Did I get that correct? Or uh, I think well, I'm, I've, I didn't get over ten in the last two innings. I might have, might have dropped down to the seventies or something. I think, but um, mm. yeah, it was ninety. It was close to hundred there for okay. a bit. Which at is one nice. point, all right. One mistake here, boys. But yeah, then you then you um you play the game against New South Wales, who've been struggling for at least a couple of years, uh, yeah. and uh, got caught on a on a tough track as well. I noticed Tim Payne like sledged the shit out of it. So you want to follow yeah. him up or? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't great to be honest. It was um, I honestly think if we, there was two the two left handers, sorry the two opening batsmen from either team were left handed from memory. I reckon if there was a right hander, uh, the game would have been called off. It was. Luckily that the balls were rearing up off a of length were missing him and, and going down leg side. But, um, yeah, it wasn't great. There was huge divots after day one. And um, from one end it was going up and all over the place. And the other one, as you saw, that big crack where Chris Tremaine probably bowled 36 consecutive balls into it, I reckon, and took <laughs> six for. Um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was a great cricket wicket. Like, it, it was a good win by them, no doubt. And, um, you know, same for both teams. And they were just slightly better, I suppose. And um, yeah, bowled us out for sixty, chasing one hundred and twenty, which I didn't have a hell of a lot of confidence in chasing either. So it was a, it was a not a great result for us. We would have been um, game clear on top if we had got that. But uh, no, we go into the last four with one at the Gabba straight away, and then four at Bell Reeve where we're playing some some really good cricket there, and um, we know our home conditions well, and hopefully, yeah, get ourselves into a Shield final for the first time in. Uh, yeah, five or six years. Basically, Pez is saying like by Webster, top of the order for Australia. That's that's that, that's what he's saying. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, what's your thoughts? You know, is Smith going. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I only like the shine on the ball when it's the second you in. I've been in for a bit, not, no, <laughs> not straight away. Certainly not. No, it's it's a nice, it, it's nice batting at six and and rolling the arm over a bit. It's a pretty cushy gig there. Mm. And send the send the youngsters, as I can say now that I'm thirty, yeah. up the top yeah. and, uh, <laughs> take a bit of shine off for me boys, and I'll come in when they're tired. Because he played, you played the PM's game, um, just gone. 
on where the top four are Bancroft, Harris, Renshaw, Cam Green batted for. Mm. So like, uh, and obviously the conversation around who's going to replace Dave Warren at the top, and and that that game was a little, well, it was sort of billed as a bit of a bat out. It's probably not quite as simple as that, but it must have been kind of odd where like everyone's kind of eyeing themselves up. Like obviously you want to win the game in this friendly game against Pakistan, where yeah. Sharma Sud hit a double ton. I'm pretty yep. sure, but um, was was it a bit odd? Like 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 Bancroft and Harris and Renshaw batting one, two, three. Uh, I wouldn't say it was odd. It was, I, don't th- I don't think anybody thought it was a bad off. There was obviously you okay. know, 12, 18 months of cricket before that where they've yeah. all three of them have actually piled um, plenty of runs in and, and obviously Cam Green as well who's been talked about as well as, as piled them on in chill cricket and yeah. um, obviously lost his place to Mitch Marsh but he's he's still scoring runs um, when he plays shield and it wasn't so much a bad off and I don't think anybody sort of looked at it as a bad off. It was just a just another game to sort of put some more numbers on the board I suppose um, mm. for everybody. Um, and yeah, it was a bit of a pity that the wicket was um, awful, to be fair. It was slow, um, nothing like what they were good. Poor Pakistani guys. It was nothing like they got in the first test. Um, and, you know, they, they wanted a proper four-day four first-class fixture. And uh, after two days, I reckon they were ready to call it call it quits. Everyone bar Shah Masood, who wanted his 200 account to win the first-class <laughs> stats, I reckon. Um, no, nah, it was a pretty docile game. And I don't know what happened with the covers, but... Oh, that's why right. the covers yeah. blew off, well, mate. Yeah. Slide, slide, on, slide on 30 red as well yeah. overnight. Yeah. And, and the old covers come Get off. Get yourself you know? in the picture. Yeah, could have <laughs> eked out another couple there on a, on a flatty facing some uh, blokes that probably never bowled in their life. It would have been nice. A bit of T-ball. But no, nah, I think yeah, both teams are pretty uh, pretty happy to be to be uh, uh, at the pub on that afternoon rather than playing cricket on that wicket. Yeah. Is it, you know, this is called the grade cricket, obviously, and like a lot, a lot of grade cricketers will always believe that there'll be some kind of elixir or silver bullet during the off-season that uh, will cause like a rapid improvement in their game, yeah. and the reality yeah. is it never comes. Um, yeah. You really just are at the level that you're at, and you'll just <laughs> knock about there or thereabouts. You know, you might want to change clubs, and then you just realise you're playing against the same blokes and you're wearing a different hat. Absolutely, but, yeah. but you have had like a market improvement in your game in terms of your numbers in the last mm. couple mm. of years. So, you know, what is the elixir or silver bullet? Mm. Um, or performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, what is drugs? Hope it's none of those. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not actually too sure. It, it's it's been a, a variety of things, I suppose. It's been a a little bit of change in uh, mindset when I'm batting. Um, I suppose to be a little bit more aggressive down the order. And um, as I found out at, at playing for years at the top of the order, my defence wasn't great, um, but I could always score and sort of tapped into that a bit more and tried to put a bit more pressure back on the bowlers um, so they bowl less good balls, really. And that sort of that, that theory has held me in good stead, I suppose. And, and obviously batting down at number six and seven, where I have done the last um, three or four years now, is is a bit of a luxury. It's nice. The balls, once, especially at Bell Reeve, once the ball gets old, it's quite a good place to bat. Um, as we saw some big chases over the years, we chased four four thirty there this year, and and I've seen a couple of four hundreds chase in the fourth inning. So um, that's one one element definitely. And then I suppose a season in England, uh, not necessarily for the cricket, just for the yes, yeah, um, the no preseason is the biggest uh, allure to go away. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then yeah, ended up playing a little bit of one day cricket with Essex as well, which was good in another another program, another setup. Um, albeit all the all the sort of big stars are at the hundred, it's it's. Um, you know the wind gets taken out of its sails a little bit, but it was still good to to play some professional cricket over there and sort of get a little bit of a taste as an overseas 
uh, as a professional and, and they're a hell of a bunch of lads they're Essex boys I don't know mm. if you've heard any stories about them but they're a very social club and um, <laughs> led by their, their coach and their assistant yeah. coaches and yeah. um, Dan Lawrence is obviously with us at the moment he's going to yeah. Surrey but he's a, he's a good lad they're, they're mm. an excellent bunch of boys and um, it was probably one of the, the finest five weeks I probably had of, of cricket in a long time It's one of the features of being an all-rounder I guess but like you're you know you're scoring bulk runs you're taking bulk wickets you know, in the last couple of years you've um only Cam Bancroft scored more runs than you in Shield cricket mm. the last two seasons. Uh, taking more wickets than Aaron Hardy, you know, who gets mentioned in dispatches. Yep. Um, with respect you know, to Aaron, uh, and I just, you know, and and there are articles that knock around around you know higher honours for you potentially just because your numbers are so good. But like, where do you look for higher honours? Because you just mentioned Essex there as well. Your, your BBL numbers are good as well. You're averaging thirty five this year, thirteen with the ball if they actually give you a ball, um, and I'm just. You know, the, the sky's the limit. Like, where, what's what's sort of Shangri-La for you? Like, where do you want to go? Do you do you look at overseas? Like, does domestic T Twenty competitions appeal to you? Is that yeah, is that next run run yeah. on the ladder for you, kind of thing, or or, or what? Yeah, well, for, well, the PMs game was um, was great to be sort of acknowledged, I suppose, with all those guys that have either played Test cricket or um, are very close um, around the country, and guys that are genuinely playing for the for the test summer is good to be involved and be around those sort of guys and being picked in a team um, of that quality was was great and and you know I was, I was really proud of that and but yeah definitely on your point of overseas of that that is probably um, you know my next thing that I re- that I'm really desperate for is to play some cricket overseas as a professional um, whether it be T20 or um, Red Bull cricketing English county stuff like that anything that I'm desperate to get over there and and play and and I feel like I'm at the point now where I'm 30 is I, I just want to be playing as much as I can. Um, I love I love playing the game as opposed to training. I'm always mm. been a mm. um, a guy that loves playing. I've done hardly any pre seasons and felt like I've learnt the most when I'm um, either on the road playing or mm. or playing at home. So um, definitely on the list in the next couple of years. I hope hopefully um, keep putting out some decent numbers and can pick up a uh, a T20 overseas gig in England and um, or wherever it may be in the off season. Um, and yeah, maybe T20 or awesome county cricket would be great as well. So. Definitely on the list, and and hopefully comes my way if I can keep uh, doing well. Yeah. Kind of says just like yeah. for people who are listening, like might not be aware of like what the uh, mechanics are of even being selected or approached to play overseas. Like in Australia, we understand you know you play at one level, you score yeah. runs, and you get selected at the next level. But like, how does how does it work if you get picked up by a county or? Um, um, you know, a T twenty side, or you know, Abu Dhabi T tens are interested in slug now. Like, yeah. is it, do you have an yeah. agent? Is that uh, is it is that how? Or do, yeah, do, no, did you exactly put together YouTube highlights? You know, and like chuck it over to them. <laughs> I'm not sure it's old school. Yeah, posting your, your, your highlights. Here. You'd hope <laughs> with you some man- like sort of EDM <laughs> over the top. Yeah. Some nice editing with some uh, music yeah. over the top. Yeah. No, I think it, I've do the man- managers do play a big part. I think they, um, you know, there's we've got guys in England who work for a management company who are. Yeah. Um, actively pushing your name, I suppose, and um, trying to get you into teams and clubs that you want to be at. Um, in terms of England, yeah, we love yeah. that. And then overseas stuff, there's you know there's drafts and things like that, and yeah. they obviously talk to talk to the franchises and um, you know get a get a handle of what they want. But it's yeah, it's, sometimes it can be a bit of a a bit of a lottery. Like this year was you know I was in England just playing some club cricket in Essex and you know hoping to play in the in the one day comp which came about. But I was sitting there one day and the manager said, yeah, you're actually in the draft for this T10 in Zimbabwe if you're interested. Yeah. It's in two weeks time and 
they they're going to take you at one of the picks. Um, do you want to go? And I was sort of like out of the blue, like yeah, yeah, great, like give give me on a plane asap. Yeah. Um, and had eight days in Zimbabwe. I see. Um, at a team with Benny McDermott, who's obviously my best mate, and uh, yeah. Ashton Turner was there. Paddy Dooley was there, so yeah. it was a it was a yeah as quick as that. Um, sort of thing and I think they can pop up really quickly I think you see especially this time of year if, if certain BBL clubs don't make finals and there's a little window before Shield cricket you might see some guys go to South Africa or, or the ILT um, obviously they're going to get ticked off with their state association and yeah. and whatnot. but yeah it's it's I think it's just more about putting some performances on the board and then sort of asking the question like is anybody interested out there for, for a winter like I'm um, you know, got some. You're, if you're available for the whole thing, or um, there's a World Cup on this year, so right in the middle of I think it is the blast in England yeah. um, that crosses over. So there's going to be, you know, the best international talent's going to be swept up at the the World Cup. So there could be some spots for myself um, and a few mm. others around that time. So <laughs> that's a bit of a last minute thing. It's a bit hard to plan when you sort of, um, you know, you if you're getting a replacement gig, it is kind of hard to plan for. It's obviously ideal to get signed. Um, before that and, and mm. sort of map out your winter but yeah, um, yeah at this stage I'd, I'd love to go over and, and jump at anything that, that uh, puts his hand up because you played an Australia A game eight years ago now I guess 2016 yep. and that was against India like unofficial tests you made some runs in that game but I looked at the scorecard before and it was like Hardik Pandya was playing for India yep. Yep. Uh, which we, I think I think Manish Pandya might have been the captain. captain yeah 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 so he was yep. the youngest Indian to ever score in IPL 100 at the time. I think, I think, I think that's his, that's his thing. That's his claim to fame. So I wonder like, um, if you were starting again now, if you were 18 year old slug starting again now, like, would you, would you focus? Cause you got, cause you play red ball and, and white ball is my point. But would, yep. if you were starting again, would you, would you, would you focus on the white ball? Do you think exclusively? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a very, uh, it's a, it'd be a very brave move for any yeah. young cricketer to, um, push one one format aside sure. whether it be red or white ball but I think it's such a fickle game and it only takes you know a bad season here or there or um, you know th- somebody to fancy someone else over you to take your spot in the team or yeah. your spot at the top of the order even and then your output becomes lower and then you know you're, you're half a season away from not getting picked up in some tournaments unless you're obviously a an international gun, yeah. gun who's yeah. played, you know, international cricket at a young age. And there's definitely been people, I reckon, um, you know, they asked Jake Fraser McGurk about it the other day and he's obviously still said he's he's still keen on playing test cricket and red balls mm. where he wants to be at. But he's like an ideal example of somebody who's, you know, just started out and, and um, just started to put some really good performances on the board. And, he, and he, would get, he will get picked up in the next 12 and 18 months. There's no doubt about that. I actually think I saw him got picked up somewhere. Yeah, he's going he's to die LT anyway. Yeah. So it's already happening for him. And right. um, it'll be a very, I suppose, easy move to say, yeah, great, I'll go there and I'll go straight to Bangladesh and then I'll go straight to, you know, replacement in the IPL if I get it. But I think it's a it's a brave move because if you, like I said, one or two bad tournaments or an injury away and then you're, um, where are you sort of thing, you're in the wilderness a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. think there's been too many that have done. I think Will Smead's sort of one of the guys in England who plays – um, white ball only There's a bit more happening In England I think yeah. uh, White ball only But in Australia We're typically still Contracting blokes For 12 months uh, In all formats And um, I suppose It just gives you A good base It's, it's um, You know You've got a base Of facility to train out of And um, improve your game there is, can be quite tough I suppose, Especially if you're a young guy Just going from Tournament to tournament I can imagine Trying to improve your game um, And learning on the fly That way uh, might, work, might work for some But mm. um, you know those those hours in the nets and what and what you get where your base is is pretty valuable as well. Mm. Still, like you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, really like clear, clean pyramid in Australian cricket mm. around um, mm. 
progress up, like progress, um, yeah, forward. Yeah. Um, but today there are so many different pathways available into the national setup, depending or or domestic T Twenty competitions, depending on yeah. who you are, and I mean, so many different ways you can get to the top, whatever the top means to you now. So, you know, you're at the stars at the moment. Do you, um, do you note any discussions among the boys around or theories around how to do that? Or do, do people share their own views um, on that pathway? I ask that because like, um, for example, like as we go to where, I don't know if the, the squad will have come out, but you know, a lot of people want Cam Bancroft in the, in the test squad, if nothing else, to validate the Sheffield Shield as yeah, a competition. Yeah. But, you know, I'd imagine you play with a lot of boys who are like, Shield, good, but also there are other ways to demonstrate your yeah, quality, 100%. right? Yeah, 100%. I think, like you said there, is is, is where you want to get to, um, whether that be just a, a mercenary T20 player that gets picked up for, for good money around the world and that's and yeah, and that's your, your – not your ceiling, your, you know, your, that's what you aspire to. And if you can get in the national team that way – um, I suppose like a Tim David Tim type David, set up yeah. who's, who's done that, um, you know, hardly had a state deal in the last, mm. well, I don't know if he, if he had one, yeah. he might have one WA, but um, he's gone about it that way and he's found himself in the Australian team doing it that way. So there, mm. there is, like you said, there is multiple ways to get into it or whether it just be from state list on the BBL list onto Australia A, onto Australia, um, there's that way as well. So it's, a, it's different for everyone and like you said, it's changing, I reckon, quickly um, in terms of, the, the way you can get into the next level or where you want to get to. Um, the Sheffield Shield's obviously hugely important for our test setup, and we wouldn't have guys like, um, you know, Steve Smith and, and Marnus and these guys who were churning runs out if we didn't have the Shield competition, and, and it wasn't as strong as it was, which is which is important. It's only a six-team comp, and, the, and it's the best best cricketers in the in the country playing it. So it's, it's hugely important, and, um, yeah, I'm not sure who's going to get picked in the test. I've got no idea, but it's it'll be... Um, It'll be nice to see some one of these guys who has churned out runs in a shield comp, which is is a tough competition, especially opening the batting on some dicey wickets. That, uh, all three of the guys, or four of them, if you include Cameron Green, are, um, you know, they deserve it. I suppose it's it's tough work out there at the top of the order, and um, yeah, happy for any one of them who gets picked. You're obviously playing with the Melbourne Stars at the moment. You played the Renegades before, and, and uh, the Hurricanes, right? <clears throat> and like at the moment, um, you're playing with Maxwell and Stoinis. Like, I mean, you've obviously played with and against the best that Australia has to offer. But like those two guys, especially right now after just winning the World Cup, like absolute superstars in the Big Bash. I mean, it must be fucking yeah. awesome going out there with them. Yeah, and, and sharing a dressing room as well. Yeah, and, absolutely. And a hotel room. It's, yeah, well, <laughs> well, well. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, it's good. It's, um, there's some guys on high floors, are they? Yeah, yeah, there's 14 floors there, and I'm, yeah. I'm certainly not on two-digit number four. <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, some guys are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, no, but it is good. It's hierarchy. <laughs> there's a hierarchy for sure there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not at the top, I'll give you the tip. But, um, what do you need, like a sort of an 80 or so, you know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you, is it, like, how do you go up a floor? Oh, I don't even know. I've, I've had the same room for the last couple of years, which is uh, it's nice from used to it. It feels like a second home, but there's, there's certainly, <laughs> some boys, uh, certainly some boys up on high floors. There. Uh, Stoney's definitely one of them. Uh, and rightly so, like you said, he's a superstar. He's, um, they've come off the world. I'm sure if Maxwell was there, he'd, be, he'd probably have his own hotel, to be fair. But he's, uh, he's, they're both coming off great uh, World Cup yeah. campaigns, and it's um, they're both flying. You saw Maxi with the bat at the moment. It's been incredible. It's it's really nice having having those two and Hilton coming in after me, I suppose. Yeah. Got the opportunity at three this year, which yeah. is... Which is Bloody nice to be at the top of the order in, in Big Bash. You can go through games batting at six and seven where you don't get a hit for, for four four games and you've been in three different states. It can be 
quite tedious <laughs> at times yeah. and sort of in the nets and then you don't get a hit or you're coming in with five balls to go. So it's, yeah. I'm definitely trying to jump at the chance and make as many as I can at the top of the order so I can stay there. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not it's a nice feeling um, knowing that you've got those guys behind you that have done it time and time again in, in big tournaments and, and, like you said, just superstars of the BBL. It's, yeah. it's nice to be uh, to walk out before them and knowing you've got them to come in behind yeah. you. Yeah. I saw, I saw a... a um an article, I was going to say a piece, but I didn't want to get confused. But I, saw, I, saw a, I saw an article a few years ago, 2020. Um, um, with you saw a piece a few years ago. I saw a piece a few years ago. It really stuck with me. Yeah. Um, it's really, really stay with me. I'm up nights thinking about it. Well, it's appropriate. Um, it, was, it was from 2020 and it just, it, it contained what must be such like tiring, uh, cliches and um, barbs towards you about being, you know, two metres and, at the time bowling off spin and yeah. you explained it going like, oh, look, I, I do get a lot of shit for it, but, um, but you know, I've just got a really bad back. And then in the same year, you just started bowling seam up and taking heaps of poles. So what happened to your back? I think I had a sore back because whenever you used to go to somewhere with a bit of grass on it, <laughs> a bit of grass on it, I used to just get a new ball in my hand and start wheeling out overs as fast as I could. And <laughs> yeah. I could hardly pick the bat up the next day. So yeah. that's why, that's why that stopped. And then the, when you did that, sorry to interrupt, were you bowling wheels though? Like just with height and that? No, nah, I think yeah. I reckon I had, we had a bowl off one. I reckon we lost a bowler at the Gabba one day and George was still captain and it might have been me and Jake Doran were in the field and I said, oh, I can wheel out some seamers, no worries, like a dicey gabber wicket, I'll, yeah. I'll bowl some seamers. And he put the pads on and said, right, are you having a bowl off with Jake Doran? And I reckon he walked out of there going, Doran's definitely getting overs ahead of you. And I was like, Jesus, that's a, <laughs> a kick in the teeth. And then, yeah, like you said, a couple of years later, I actually took it up full time and did a, a fair chunk of work um, on it as, you, as, as much as you can do, I suppose, when you're 25 or 26 and just start bowling medium pace that you haven't done for a long time um, and work with Adam Griffith and when COVID hit it gave us a big chance to sort of put in a big chunk of work in the in the gym and um, in the nets to try and come up with an action that didn't <laughs> hurt my back too much and, and still allowed me to um, to bat I suppose and not, and not be hindered there so it was it was a good pre-season's worth of that and I'm um, still learning like it's still um it's still coming along and it's nice to get overs in. Uh, I enjoy bowling a lot more than off spin. I feel like it's, it's more of a, a wicket taking option. Whereas when I was bowling off spin, we were taking in five quicks at Bell Reeve and they say, we need, we need a rest, go and roll five overs out and go it under twos or something like that. And it yeah. wouldn't even be trying to take wickets. So it's a nice, nice feeling trying to get the batsman out for once as opposed to just, just dotting him up. But um, yeah, it's, it's come along nicely. And I think it's one of those things that, it hurts initially, and then the more you do it, your body gets accustomed to it. And um, you see today, some of the guys wheeling out 20, 25 overs, and they're they're fine. So it's um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things you have to keep going with. Your first um, Shield game, I think it was at was it at Bell Reef? Yep. Yeah, it was against it was against uh, Queensland, right? Queensland. Yeah. And uh, Ben Hilfenhaus took a hat trick. Yeah, he did. So yeah. you so you're you're you must be twenty then. 2014, 10 years, yep, yeah, 20, 20, yep. 19, 20. You were 20 years old. You're playing your first game. Ben Hilfenhaus takes a hat trick. Like, I want to know, like, what you do in the huddle. Like, when do you, are you getting around? Like, because you, you'd be scared of Ben Hilfenhaus because he's, he's played. Is he still playing for Australia then? 2014 might have been uh, just after. It might have been just after. So, but he, oh, he's, so, so yeah, he's, sure. he's got a baggy green anyway. Yes, he's yeah. one of the best players in the competition, if not the country. At that point, he takes a hat trick. Bo Webster saying, like, mate, get it right, just get around him. Did you, like, were you too scared of him? Uh, no, I think I was. Oh, just jump on him. I, I'm trying to remember what happened in the huddle, but I do remember. Um, How did he get it? I, I, I honestly couldn't even tell you now. Yeah. I can't remember. What? 
Probably. You can't remember every week. Hilfie bowling out to me probably nick someone off. No, I can't remember. But I remember I remember didn't get any runs. I reckon I, I remember distinctly of that game is I was facing the second new ball. Luke Feldman was bowling. Um from the top end of Bell Reeve and he bowled the first ball and I absolutely crunched a cover drive like out of the middle of the bat on yeah. an early, early, huge expansive drive. Probably wasn't there to drive but hit it hit it well and thought, oh, I like this. I'm away here. Second <laughs> ball's not doing much and then I reckon very next ball we bought a huge in swing and hit me straight in the shin. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, all I can remember thinking was, geez, um, I want to get some in the, in the second innings so I can, uh, I don't even know if we had a second innings to be fair but so we can... Um, so I can stay in the team and then, because I was only a rookie contract there, you needed three games for the upgrade. So, okay, right. Um, I was thinking, geez, I need a, 20, a good 20 here or, yeah. or, or something to stay something, in the team yeah. so I can get some more cash. I think it would have been on about 16 <laughs> grand a year at that stage. <laughs> spend, all, spend it all of observatory. Bar yeah, yeah. 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 So, it's, uh, I was thinking, gee, I need some runs here to get the upgrade so I can I can really uh, shout the lads when I'm out. But um, <laughs> I think I end up getting – I think I'd – Played that game, got dropped, and then came back in for the last game. So I only got two and missed out in the oh. I didn't get any against the other one. Chad says, blue machine off too again, good. I reckon. Yeah. Had a bit of a magnet on my pad. Yeah, Still do right, a little bit, right. but yeah. managed to uh, stay league side of it now. So basically, you, well, your memory of Ben Hilton now's hat trick is that you crunched the cover drive. Yeah. That's yeah, it. That's I right. don't even know how Looking for the upgrade. Not I much couldn't even tell you how they got the guys at the observatory. I can't ever. I can't ever remember. Like, I can't remember. Like I'm not a great rememberer of cricket games. Yeah, you know, okay. In general, but ten years ago, not. I, and then I just remember the next game I played was when uh, Evan Goldbus got double and six for. Oh. So it was that, the, those things you remember. Yeah. Well, I didn't remember the, the Hilfie hat trick. I sort of vaguely do, but the, yeah, yeah the Evan. Evan, uh, the goat club cricketer Golbus was 200, <laughs> 250 in a day or whatever he got, and yeah. and then six were. So it was a straight to cargo, straight in there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, vacuum absolutely. Yeah. Take your casuals to the ground. See you later. <laughs> see, you later. <laughs> <laughs> see you boys. See you. Well played, Ev. Well done, yeah. mate. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> And this is the guy, you know, that was your high performance mindset at the time. Yeah, yeah definitely. You're saying yeah. that's what's accounted yeah. for your change. You yeah. started thinking differently. <laughs> that's it. Uh, about the game. <laughs> yeah. So um, I noticed on the, your LinkedIn slug. On my uh, LinkedIn? Actually, yeah. I don't even know I've still got that. Deep level research. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, tell I, me, maybe someone I'd... put this together for you, but uh, <laughs> it says it says you has uh, yeah. a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism. Yeah, okay. There you go. That's how old it is. So, uh, you know. What's what's your what's your preferred medium um, for you know consuming cricket media? Are you are you a voracious reader of uh, you know um, Dan Bredigan? No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I consume a lot of it. I, I read it if it pops up on my Twitter, Twitter or X, or whatever you want to call it now. Mm. Um, and if it's an article about someone I'm friends with, I'll read it. But I'm not massive. Like I won't read everything. Or I won't watch a hell of a lot of cricket. Um, LinkedIn, Jesus! I'm, you only open LinkedIn when you're going really poorly and you think you need a job in the next couple of years. Usually, that's what I say. <laughs> but um, luckily, I haven't opened it for a while, which is good. Uh, no, you never know what gold you're going to find there. You know, when you've got an interview, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Utah's. I haven't been at Utah's for near on ten years as well. I reckon so. Mm. Uh, might need to update that soon. Mm. Um, when we went down to Tassie, we met in person because we did a thing at uh, your club, Kingborough. Yes, great bunch yeah. of boys down there. Yeah, good lads. Uh, and then we went on a circuit afterwards, of course. Uh, and then we we just saw James Faulkner in one of them, just circuiting just by himself, and yeah. he was having a great time. Yeah, well, he, the good thing about James is he knows that many people in Tassie go anywhere, and he'll, he'll run into yeah, people yeah, he knows. He's yeah. obviously a, a pub baron down there now. He's of course, got, of course. Got a couple of nice places in uh, Battery Point and Salamanca there that he co-owns with a few people. And yeah. 
Um, pours one beer for himself and one for the customer, I reckon. <laughs> he doesn't mind a schooner, but he's yeah, he's going well down there. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about who is the king of Tassie. Like, how does Payne go down there? I mean, that's that's yeah. that, that's a very recognisable uh, place. Tim Payne's knocking about. I'm not sure. Payne, I reckon a few kings sort of, over time. You know, I reckon yeah. back in the day with the, with the blonde salad and he's yeah. playing for Australia pre finger break. Little ski, he was, ski uh, jump. Little uh, ski jump. Yeah, yeah he he would definitely like to tell you he was. Um, <laughs> James still thinks he probably is. Okay, though, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, who else we got there now? That's about it. Well, I remember because we, we went to- Ariane Cut. Titmus. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. from Launceston, I think. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah London. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Cargo, wasn't it? And uh, we I, to, I distinctly yeah. remember Caleb Jewell coming up and, and actually pointing out that there was a booth there. And that you can only sit in there if you've played for Tasmania. <laughs> yeah, that's or first right. grade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or first grade. Yeah, we, yeah. Like, I think maybe at a stretch. Right. Like, yeah. That surprises you? Yeah. Uh, no, do you know the booth I'm talking about? Yeah, like there's, there, yeah I do. Yep. We've, uh, Jake Doran used to be the one when we wanted to go, would say, Dawsey, go and sort a booth out. And he's, he's a very good operator behind the scenes, Doors. He just gets stuff done. <laughs> okay. And he would come back 10, minute, 10 minutes later and he'd say, Yeah, got the booth booked, even if he hadn't even called him yet. That's the sort of point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we used to regularly, not, not so much now we're getting old but he, we used to regularly uh get book a booth in there if we had a bit of time off and yeah. um sit in that one spot it's just it's a great spot it's like right by the like sort of toilet out the back so lots of people walking through and yeah good optic yeah just, yeah, a, lovely, nice just a lovely yeah. spot yeah, yeah very good yeah. Sticky I, haven't, I haven't visited there for, for a long time now actually don't even know if it's still there i have to ask julie all right <laughs> is that because you're a professional man now or like yeah yeah you know, oh, just, i just don't think i can hack it too much these days yeah, yeah. it's just getting yeah. old isn't it yeah once you do hit 30 maybe that is it that's the Hangovers are worse. Um, yeah. Yep. Nah, not, not not too much of an after-dark operator anymore. Yep. When I was walking Day through stretch. the club there and my foot came out of my shoe because the floors are so <laughs> yes. sticky, I was like, yep. I'm in the right place here. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, still at home now. I'm good to go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, remiss not to, not to ask Bo, but um, just with the stars the other day, we had that news of uh, Sammy Harper getting um, felled. Yep. And uh, and and taken off to hospital now. I understand he's in a stable condition, but yeah, um, recovering. Yeah, probably a lot of people who listening, given you play the stars, who, who might be keen to you know uh, know how he's going. If if you do know, yeah, yeah, he's uh, we've got we're getting regular updates from his partner and um, and the stars. Who yeah, he's he's out, he was out of hospital a lot quicker than um, a lot of us might have thought. It was. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he was in a bad way for for a little bit there when it happened, but he got to hospital and and had the scans and they came up all clear in uh, in terms of any fractures or anything around the head, which is good news. Um, and he he was out of hospital the following day and and back home recovering. He's um, so I think it's just a a really bad concussion now, and and he's obviously had a a past of past history of of many concussions, so it's going to take him. Uh, a while to get back to his best, but everyone's yeah behind him and hoping he he has a quick recovery. and And from what we understand, it's he's in a better way than he has been with a, f- a few of the past ones, which okay. is which is really good news. Yeah, it was it was with the wanger, wasn't it? it was yeah, it was nose. just a little innocuous um, wang. Wide Yorker tried to ramp it and just caught the edge of the bat up into the oh, uh, into the hell. chin, where obviously you got no padding and yeah, um, yeah, sort of got him in the throat and the chin, and he has a little cut on there. And oh shit, um, yeah, it wasn't good, but. Uh, yeah, just a like a freak accident, like yeah. you say. You just um, yeah, you hit millions of balls, and then one of them obviously mm. gets in the wrong spot. Again, I'm just curious about like um, again that pathway to like you know if, I, if I'm you and I'm dreaming about you know higher honors in cricket or like getting into the IPL somehow or something. You know, you made fifty nine was it the other day against the Thunder? Fifty odd took four for. Is that right? Uh, like, fifty nine four for. Yeah, sounds right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, four for twenty odd. 
Yes. Do you like, you know, is, is punter commentating that game? Do you ever sort of go past and go, yeah. what, what are your thoughts? thoughts yeah. Um, I'm not sure if he was there. I think it might have been just a, a Fox game. There was no Channel 7 there. But um, <laughs> no, I don't think you do. There's obviously, yeah. You hope he says something. He's like, oh, they're, they're, oh yeah, you'd, you'd love him too, no doubt. But yeah. um, but no, I think it's, yeah, the, the IPL is a tricky one. It's one of those, um, a little bit of a lottery sometimes, I think, of, of, of who wants you and who likes you and, and who who doesn't or um you know the BBL BBL is obviously a massive competition but but extremely different to India and um like I've always had a thought that Ben McDermott's one of the best opening batters we've seen in the big bash. He's you know he's third on the most amount of sixes, he's good strike rate and, and he hasn't ever been to the IPL and yeah. the reason probably because he's competing against other opening batters who are um you know best in the world playing for their country as well like he like he has done. Um, but it's a, a little bit of a lottery in that way, and then you see other guys who, um, particularly bowlers, they love they love their fast bowlers mm. from Australia going over there and, and getting you know huge amounts of money. So it's a bit of a, a bit of luck and a bit of form in the right time, I suppose. Um, Our relationships are ma- like a major part of it, like maybe more than even yeah, skill. definitely. I think I think definitely. Like, you're like, how does he get like? Not, I'm not asking you to name names. Like, how does he get a gig? You know, like <laughs> like I, I'm not I'm not even thinking of anyone. But like, is it? You know, do relationships with coaches and uh, and oh, people no involved doubt. I reckon they definitely. Um, I definitely think they play a part. You've got coaches that are IPL coaches and also international coaches or assistant coaches, um, or own, even the owners. I think if they know if they like somebody and they're they're desperate to get them over, um, whether they be a big name or they just like their cricket or something like that, it'll definitely play a part. Um, we've heard stories of you know the coaches having this full draft list of who they want and who they're raising the paddle and how much cash they got for them and then the owner rings through and yeah. mm. uh, we want him now, bid on him and that's sort of the whole strategy's out the window. So yeah. um, a <laughs> bit of luck and a bit of uh, form at the right time as well. You do well in India and in Indian series and there's guys watching there or you do on the PSL, um, similar conditions. That definitely helps. But um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things you can't really bank on unless you're um, yeah, Mitchell Stark or something like that. Or, <laughs> yeah. or Matt Cummins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Slug, thanks so much for joining us and coming in. I know we've, we've worked hard on this uh, for a couple of weeks. Yeah, we got uh, there in the end. But we, we got there, mate. All the best for the rest of the year. Um, season with the Stars and ta- and Tassie. Uh, yeah. I think there's some big things ahead for you. Yeah, hope so. Hopefully some silverware in, in one or both will be nice. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much to Slug uh, for joining us on the couch. Pezza, hashtag AskTGC is brought to you by Ponting Wines, pontingwines.com.au. You can use the code. Say it, Pezza. What's the code? Get a few. For 20% off at pontingwines.com.au. Pezza, today I want to talk to you about Ponting Wines Close of Play. It's the Cabernet Sauvignon 2022. The Close of Play Cab Sav. Here's a quote from Ricky Ponting himself. Raising a glass with teammates at the close of play when the game was done and the crowd was gone, they were special moments. This is a wine that honours that tradition and is the perfect finale for any get-together. Here's a quote from Ben Riggs, the winemaker himself. What a name. Soft and silky in style, this wine shows generous red berry fruits with touches of mint and clove. Langhorn Creek is famous for wines of pure drinking enjoyment, and this is a wine of great character and style. I tell you who's a man of great character and style, Pezza? Who? Ricky Ponting. Oh. Pontingwines.com.au. You can use the code Get a few for 20% off your purchase. What's the website, Pezza? What's the website I want people to go to right now? If you Ponting don't, you're a loser. Pontingwines.com.au. If you don't go to that website, you're a loser and you shouldn't listen to this wow. show anymore. And if you go to that website and you don't use the code, what are you doing? What are you doing if you go to that website, pontingwines.com.au, and don't use the code GETAFEW for 20% off? 20% off, Pezza. Value. More value. 
Hashtag ask TJC. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, this is from Andrew. Howdy, lads. You may remember me from such nonsery as wearing full heat kit, pads and gloves included, and sitting front row at your most recent Brisbane gig. Not because yeah. I do. <laughs> which one was that? When we brought on stage. <laughs> Had a whole bit at the start of the show, which didn't involve crowd work, and I just stopped you. I'm like, oh, sorry, mate. I, I need to, we need to fucking expel this demon. Do you know what's uh, weird? That I didn't even see him. Just locked in. I was locked in. I, d- I don't know in. why. I don't know. I didn't even see him. Sort of secrets of performance there. Yeah, that's locked right. In, yeah, 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 yeah. Under the hood. Blind as a bat. <laughs> <laughs> it may surprise you to read that I never really played club cricket. Not really. Save for one season in under 11s, but we had no real connection to a senior club. So things like pissing on each other and porn and prawn <laughs> nights didn't really show up in my wheelhouse. It's porn and chicken night, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got his own one. Yeah. Anyways, fast forward to 2015. My wife, Australian, and I had just met while both backpacking slash living abroad in Europe and got a job running a ski chalet in the French oh, Alps all together. Yes, Andrew, come on. Her father, who is a coat of the highest <laughs> order, <laughs> was a keen skier, so her parents jumped at the chance to come and uh, to come stay with us Uh on a ski holiday where they would be waited on by their daughter and her new partner, brackets me. As I was brand new on the scene, I did my best to impress her parents. And the afternoon, oh, how are we saying this? He goes, a prey? A prey. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I, I, I don't know, I'm running those scenes. Uh, no, do I, but a I prey, I a prey skiing. Became a, uh, became a daily ritual of having beers with her dad before we went to the pub. On about the third or fourth day, after a couple of beers on the balcony and keen to check out the live music at the pub, her dad exclaims, right, I'm going to go have a tug and then we'll head to the pub. What the fuck? Okay, so just just a, uh, so a pre skiing, I Google it, it means after skiing. Yeah. It's a French term that translates literally to after ski or yeah. after skiing. There'll be some crow's feet for people who just know that. Yeah. It's one of those words where oh, you, well, you've been caught out. Okay. Well, the phrase was made popular in the apps during this. Okay. So if that's giving you crow's feet, all the best. Yeah, it's more the pronunciation, you know, and I feel like that yeah. could just be uh, yeah. appropriated to other scenarios. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm ashamed. Oh, this, this is going to take me weeks. I've um, never skied. <clears throat> there I said it. Anyway, he said, right, I'm going to go and have a tug and then we'll head to the pub. I just stared at him, eyes widening at this extremely open and unnecessary sharing of information. I went downstairs myself and my partner saw my face and asked, what was up? I replied, I think your dad just casually told me he was going to go and have a wank before we go to the pub. (laughs) Yuck, what the actual fuck was her response? Immediately dispelling my first theory that this was a very open family that I had to adjust to. Mm -hmm. Nothing further was said and it all got kind of forgotten. Years go by and I was over at their place on an afternoon uh, and he returned from playing golf. The same scenario played out. A couple of beers on the back deck, and then again he tells me he's off for a tug, then dinner. Knowing him for a while at this point, I question what he just said. You know, a tub. Jump in the tub to have a wash. Tub, not tug. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Guess I just made my wife think about her dad rubbing one out all those years ago for no good reason. <laughs> Have you boys ever experienced any misunderstandings of vernacular or have any terms that you've used outside of cricket that have gotten uh, you some crow's feet from others? Love the work, blah, blah, blah. All that shit you cunts know I love. Oh, damn it. Cheers, bone sore. <laughs> uh, good sign off. We must start using that around the office. Cheers, bone sore. Ain't that the tooth. Ah. Uh, I, th- I I need to I think I need to apologize to Bone Saw because I feel like I went a little bit hard him at the live show when I when oh, did I, you? Well, I know he just came up on stage and I I put 
I put my arm around him. I said, this is the worst moment of my life. And he, oh, and he, right. and he, he said in my ear, I said, mine too. <laughs> Which was funny, to be fair. I mean, he was dressed up in Brisbane heat kit with a floppy and white cricket pads on. I liked um, how he did it because there's a lot of we had a couple of other people on stage, and he's just kind of like, oh, he kind of real keen, real keen to be on stage. He wasn't keen to be on stage. Yeah, but like that's what I I liked the paradox. Yeah. Of of dressing in full heat kit with pads and gloves and yeah. sitting in the front row, then being reluctant. But he wasn't to get there. On stage. For, he wasn't there for the second half. Did he get changed at the interval? Oh, something? did he? <laughs> He wasn't. He wasn't really. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was there in my mind. In my mind's eye, he was there the entire time in my so eye line. I we didn't ask him why he was dressed like that, but like I would have presumed he was like on a bucks or something. And this was like a this was a stitch up. Yeah. If we had better like presence at the time, maybe we could have you know asked some questions, interrogated. Yeah. You're just trying to start a show off, and it's 550 people there. Well, anyway, Bonesaw, I'm sorry if I went a bit hard at you. Yeah. Um, sorry, Bonesaw. Um. That's not me. It's just a character that I was playing called Ian Higgins. Um, now, that is a really confronting thing where he's talking to his potential father-in-law father who's a coat deluxe, yeah. a deluxe coat. Yeah. Um, he was a coat of the highest order. And he, I mean, that is top-tier coachery, yeah. highest order. And he's the order, because you have an order of priests. That's right. You know what I mean? So there's the, it's the, it's Pope. And so he's basically being, he thinks that his father-in-law is basically saying, man, I'm going to have a wank now. I'm about to have a tug, and I'll join you. I, I don't think I, I, nothing nothing instinctively comes to mind where I've misheard something, and it's just a complete misunderstanding in this regard. I mean, nothing immediately comes to mind, but he must have played grade cricket, though. This guy, tub. Well, I mean, are you hearing tub in any other context? No. I know it's a word, but like, and just say like, I'm going to have a tub. I just it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's very like yeah, like I pray skiing. You it's know, very relaxed. Yeah, I was going to. I'm going to. But see, I can't say it without it being side mouth and like just getting a, like a sort of a regional twang. See, I kind of like that. I mean, that was obviously in Brisbane, so you know, capital of Queensland. I like, yeah. I like, I like the Queensland um, sort of laconic, yeah. relaxed. Yeah. You know, me too. High humidity, yeah. Hados. Yes, um, y- y- I do too. Relaxed nature of it all. Real side mouthy. I'm, yeah. Queensland True. might be capital of side mouth, and I say that mm. respectedly. But like. When you're in the Alps and you've got uh, Alps and Brisbane, yeah, like those are those are worlds apart there. So I really like that he's a prey skiing, yeah, literally after ski saying off oh, a dub now. That's that that is red hot to me. That is that's that's glorious. As he's bringing his home culture to the beauty of the Alps, the French Alps. Yeah, a couple of beers with her dad before we went to the pub. <laughs> So that what about yeah? Just a couple of days. I've had a, a skiing. He's basically saying he's going to have a shower. It's it's kind. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty plausible, isn't it? You know, just like a couple of couple of beers. Like he's ha- let's just forget the, the vernacular of tub. Mm. He's just showering before they go out to dinner. Mm. Uh, but uh, he's been on the slopes all day. It's funny, yeah. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go have a tug. Then we'll head to the <laughs> pub. <laughs> So he said, we're going to go, I'm going to go have a tub. Righto. Going to go have a tub. Yeah, it, it works. Uh, misunderstanding is a vernacular. Oh, mm. I mean, this is one where it'll be like 20. Uh, I said, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, coat, coat's always been one just to go to like, coat was just such a funny word when I first heard it. Uh-huh. Like in 2001, mm-hmm. grade cricket. Yeah. Just like the, the, uh, yeah. like how, just the, how benign it is as a term, as a word. Yeah. Like uh, until that point in my life, mm. it's just merely a 
like an, an, an item you use to keep warm. Yeah. Nothing more. It doesn't even like the word doesn't suggest anything. Mm. And then all, and b- b- because it's got like a sort of a, a linguistic, it's like a linguistic cousin of the, one of the worst words in the English language. Somehow it provides this beautiful substitute as mm. well as being an acronym mm. that you learn later on. Mm-hmm. But like you, you, like I remember going to school and, and, Talking about it, and mates again found it hilarious because, like, you're you're trying to sledge someone by calling them like a, you know, an item of clothing. Yeah, or you're calling them something close to it, but or also or some kind of dickhead, and yeah. then, but you, but you use the word coat like it's completely unexpected. Yeah, and for me, and for me, like, um, you know, in terms of ruined countries, Cote d'Ivoire has never sounded the same. You oh, know? I mean, the, I mean, the, yeah. the Ivory Coast and the Football World Cup. It's just, it's I, I can never look back since then. There's a team of coats. Yeah. Uh I think there's there is a few, but gonna have to um, yeah. gonna have to think about it. Well, join us on Patreon. Maybe we'll drop a few in. Yeah, maybe the patrons will let us know in yeah, the comments. Yeah, Patreon.com forward slash Great Cricketer. Thank you very much to Bo Webster for joining us on the show on the couch. Thank you as always for and joining us here sore. in 2024. We've already done a show in 2024, so what the fuck am I talking about? But I hope you've had a wonderful break away from your job that you probably hate and you're back in the office, but you're going to get through it. January's an easy month. We're going to get through this, as Daniel Bedingfield once said, into your eyes, into your ears, into your hearts. We'll see you guys on the internet real soon. Cheers.